Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Uh, welcome back to Spiro Avenue. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I really think the key to audience engagement, for whatever it's worth and to whatever extent you value my opinion, is about being direct and honest. And I don't, if I'm happy with the way things are going, I'll tell you. If I think things are going swimmingly with one of the teams, I'll tell you. I've been accused of being a Michigan State homer, even though I lit the basketball program on fire based on their decision to stay out of the transfer portal. I'm going to tell you what I think. I've been extremely bullish, positive, on Michigan State football despite the setback. I've been extremely optimistic, favorably treating the Detroit Tigers direction structurally and how they've handled their front office changes finally as bladed as they were. But I am still, despite that pleasure with those changes, despite that uh, relief that Alvila is finally gone, the Wicked Witch of the West has been dispersed from the plains. As pleased as I am with these developments and these changes, belated as they were, I am equally distraught, disappointed, mad, betrayed by what I view as one of the most ridiculous off-seasons, not just in the history of this franchise, but in the history of the franchises in this town, where the Detroit Tigers have done nothing. Absolutely nothing except the same kind of crap we've been seeing with a little bit more than Alavila did. So instead of Tyson Ross, you get Michael Lorenzen for a few extra shekels. It's the same one year, let's see what we can do with you. Maybe we'll trade you bullshit with no long-term investment in mind. How is this any different from what we've seen the last six years? I Look, I, I am... Not going to jump off a cliff, but I ain't happy. And when I get into these situations where I find myself upset and I find myself losing a, a, a grip on rational, calm, sane reality, I like to bring in people that are a little more measured than me on the topic I'm mad about. And that's what we did. We have Tony Paul from the Detroit News, who now has a two-game lead over Chris Castellani for the most appearances on this show. You're up to like eight or something. I don't know. You're in the lead by two now. Evan Petzold, two-year gap, Detroit Free Press, making your second appearance. You guys are the smart Tigers guys that are going to bring me down, I hope. I just I welcome you first back to the Spiro Avenue show, both of you. So tell me where I'm wrong, Evan. I want to start with you. Because Tony's been on the show a thousand times, we got to get you some more mileage. I would declare this, barring some unforeseen February Prince Fielder type pivot, a failed offseason. I, I, other than, obviously, the Scott Harris hire, which I love, I think most people are on board with. But roster standpoint, failed. This was a failure of an offseason. Am I crazy to come to that conclusion? First off, thanks for having me back. Secondly, welcome back. Thanks, secondly. What were your expectations? I mean, that, that's where we need to start, really, because I think you're coming at it from that emotional mind of, hey, how I don't about see this anything, team any- anything at all? Because I, 
some type of a long-term investment, short answer. I would assign Correa. We'll get more to that later, or at least been in the bidding. They didn't even try, but sorry, go ahead. So you were looking for a big-time shortstop, adding another one of those pieces. You're looking for a, a big-time outfielder. You wanted to be in on Judge. Like what? I mean, is that what your expectations were? You did want Judge. I remember Well. That. Expe- talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. But, well, I wanted to make a bid. Right. I, you know, I didn't think it was realistic to land him, right. but I wanted to be at the table. Like uh, you want to be at the table for Verlander. You want to be at the table for these top end guys. Okay, like, that's let's, what you let's, were- let's let's hammer this down. Expectations? No, because I think this owner is a joke. My standard that I think should be acceptable. Yes. So it depends what you mean by expectations. I don't expect them to do anything. I expect nothing other than to be let down by the financial commitment or lack thereof by this owner. What I think is a reasonable expectation, yes, that's what I expected. See, I think Scott Harris told you exactly what he was going to do, and I think he's followed up on that so far. And again, that's aside from Chris Illich, he's told you he was going to acquire, develop, and retain young talent. And what has he done this offseason? He's acquired, developed, and, and that's the plan, right? He's acquired the young talent, now you got to develop it. And then they're going to try to retain it, right? Like that's that's what he's tried to do. He didn't say, "Hey, we're going to go out there, we're going to spend big bucks and get these top-notch guys and get these top-dollar free agents." Like he he laid it out. So I mean, again, the acquisition part has been taken care of on the position player side. They didn't get one-year stop gaps on that side. They got a couple pitchers that they can use in Lorenzen and Boyd, and they're going to try to use them and and get off to a good start. And then maybe you can flip those guys, but they're not plugging holes at third base. They're not plugging holes in the outfield. Like they acquired young players who maybe have room for development. But Lorenzen and Boyd are on one-year deals. Right. That's the pitching so, staff, though. You're, that's, not, that's not the offensive side of the Well, I thought you were saying they weren't, I thought you were saying they weren't one-year stuff. No, no, those, no. Those guys are, I mean, they're one-year contracts. Right. right? Else? Yeah, but from a position literally. player side, though, I mean, you're, you're looking for that Correa. You're looking for that judge. That's not what was, that's not what was promised. That's not what was said from Scott Harris. So I, I do want to give him some credit there because I think he, he pretty much laid it out for you and to come at it and say, oh, well, why weren't we in on Correa? Why, why not judge? Why not, you know, you can go down the list of players, right? Well, there's a reason because that's not his plan. He, he laid it out pretty simple. So, I thought at least. Well, okay, but even I understand if, the frustration though. Like you, you've been through this for so long. Yes. You've been through this for so long. You've seen this over and over and over again. It's hard to go back through it again. I get that 100%. Like I, I understand how the fans feel in that way. But I think too, like you got to respect Scott a little bit that he did lay it out that way in Kind of this is how we're seeing it unfold. Well, I mean, I, I disagree with the premise that because they told us it was going to be bad, it's okay that it's bad. Well, they didn't. They, well, they didn't first of all, they didn't say it was going to be bad. Well, no, I'm and reading I, between the lines. Yeah, and I'll push back a little bit. Now, I agree with Evan. I think that because Scott Harris took over, um, when you are taking over a franchise that has so many issues and so many from top to bottom, you want to come in and make your assessments. You're going to do that deliberately. You're going to come in. You're going to start at the, you know, start at the bottom, work your way up. Really, I mean, he's made changes, minor leagues, scouting, uh, front office, and then roster. I don't think you're going to come in. Most guys in a situation like that, where they're probably not one year away, you know, come in and blow it up. I mean, you're going to come in and you're going to be deliberate and you're going to make your assessments that way. So I agree with that. But he also said that they were going to be bold too and make some and be a little bit, you know, take some risks. And we haven't seen any of that. Well, does uh, Alavila make that Joe Jimenez trade? Does Alavila make that Gregory Soto trade? Because he couldn't get those done. I don't. We'll yeah. see if they you know work out. If they work out, then no, he wouldn't have because he only makes terrible trades. Well, I mean, he I, got. I, I, mean, I, I mean, he got. He got Sawyer no, Gibson long for, for Michael Fulmer. No, I think we can agree that I think the Tigers front office isn't in a better place with Scott Harris for than sure. Alavila. Yeah, that's that. No question. Uh, but I'm not going to go crazy because he flipped. You know, Gregory Soto for, you know, a couple guys. We'll see how they are. Uh, you know, when you're a bad team that's trying to improve r- relief pitching and high end 
if he's high end is a luxury. So you're going to, you know, that's going to be your asset to, to flip for things. So, you know, I'm not going to look at that and say that's bold and overly bold. I'm, I just don't believe that. No, I'm not saying that it's overly bold, but I'm saying you can look at it from both sides, right? I think you can see the one side in terms of, hey, do we trade him now or do we try to, you know, get a slider back? Do we try to improve his stuff? Do we try to get him more in the zone and then trade him at the deadline? Maybe he's more valuable than to teams that, hey, you know, teams are making a postseason run. They really need a back end reliever. Soto's a lot better than he was in the offseason. That value skyrockets. There's more teams bidding for him. I mean, that that would have been a risk to try to fix him, but they figured out, you know, okay, maybe he's not fixable. Maybe you can't get him back in the zone. So you take the risk and you trade him now, right? Maybe Philly makes him makes him better, right? So I think there is a little bit of a risk there. Um, but in terms I of like an over, a, I think he's but a, in terms a, of an over the top risk or a bold move, like sure, that, no. no. I mean, Gregory Soto is a pretty good relief pitcher, right? I mean, he's not. I mean, he's an all star because he played for the Tigers and they have to send an all star. But he throws hundred from the left side, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you could find the strike zone, which. 50-50 proposition. He's a good pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but um, I, I, I do agree, though. I just don't think the expectation can be to come in. And I think that Carlos Correa would have been a bold move. Yep. And I think that that could have been you could make the argument that that would have been a move to try to do and move Javi Baez over to uh, second. Yeah. Because Carlos Correa is a long term. Exactly. There's 30 GMs out. It's not like you have to come in and assess your situation, uh, you know, and take a year to deliberate and then decide, oh, Carlos Correa would fit here. No, he would fit just about everywhere, every team. Um, so that True. would have been something that I think they could have done. But I think his process is to come in, be deliberate, start from the bottom, work your way up. Miguel Cabrera's contract comes off the books. We've been told that for years. It's finally happening. And maybe that's when they uh, they go make their big plays. But I think Correa would have been, especially with everything that went on with Correa this offseason, I think that would have been But That would have been, that the been true. Time. That would have been the perfect time. Yeah, I agree. Pudge Rodriguez's market was down in 04 because of his lumbar spine issue. Maglio Donez off that microfracture knee surgery in 05 the next year. Market was down. Tigers took advantage of that both times. That's a Mike Illich move, back-to-back years. And those were two huge moves on their path to 06 and the later long run of contention. The Correa thing, I thought, was already annoying that they weren't involved. When it became obvious that the Mets had stepped away, and the twins were coming back into the fold. The fact the Tigers still well, that's where you have to go. All right, we can't maybe pay three hundred and fifty or three hundred and forty or whatever, but we can compete with that. Exactly, we can compete with that mm-hmm. payroll. Exactly, and now he's in the division. Yeah, like thanks. And you know, and you know, you you mentioned it to Mike Illich. I mean, that's what he did. He came in, you know, when he wanted to turn things around, he he went out and overspent. You know, spent um, you know big on Pud Rodriguez and another guy with. You mentioned the the big injury problem with the back. I mean, to the point where, you know, when they were looking to sign Padre Rodriguez, the doctors, when he had his physical, told the Tigers, no, <laughs> this is a bad idea. His back is in terrible shape. And Mike Illich said, I don't care. We need him to start the winning. And they it's did just have a the different extension th- in the contract. Well, if he was on the DL, as it was known then, for a lumbar spine issue, they had some outs. And no, stuff, but it was but. still a risky. It was 100%. still a lot of guaranteed money. Yes. Uh, but it was that Mike Illich didn't care. And, but we, I think we have to also accept that the ownership is Mike Illich and Chris Illich are not the same people. And, I think, and Chris Illich is not selling the Tigers anytime soon. So it's going to be, you know, what assurances he's given Scott Harris to, to really go out and field this roster. All right, Ben, let's hear what Tony Paul had to say about two years ago. Oh, what a year. When Al Avila was the GM and when they said we're finally deciding to start spending, right? Don't blow the wad yet, sir. <laughs> I, I'm just giving this some, some context in terms of where we're at. Uh, ben, can you throw that up there, Tony Paul, about a year and a half ago? 
He hasn't yeah. proven anything. He hasn't proven to be an, a hands-on owner like his dad was. Um, I don't have the faith that he'll do it, but common sense tells me that if you're going to do it, it's going to be now. And to Lynn's point, if he doesn't, it's time to bag this and sell the team for a billion bucks and get out of the business. I mean, if you're right. not going to spend now, why are you in the business? I mean, you're not making money hand over fist with this team. You know, if you're not selling tickets, I mean, they do have a nice TV deal and all that stuff. But, you know, eventually, I mean, there's going to be nobody in the stands. Nobody. Yeah. And it won't be because of a pandemic, It'll be because you're a shitty owner <laughs> and, and you haven't done what you said promise, whatever that you said you'll do. I mean, the rebuild's in year five. I mean, some could argue it's year six, some could argue it's year four, depending on your definition, but the pieces are there. Okay, I, I understand we're two seasons separated from that. Couldn't I argue everything you just said there in 21 applies to 23? Why not get in the pool? Or at least try, if they were bidding on Korea and didn't get him, fine. How is anything different now from what you said then, I would say that's all true now. Well, it's all a matter of what if at this point, right? I mean, I think if Alavila is still here, and, and I think we've all talked about I, this. I, I think, by the way, I don't disagree with what I said there. I, neither I, do I. I I believed when that they should have started spending bef- the year before last offseason. Yes, I still believe that. I think that was a missed opportunity. Um, so I I don't disagree with what I said there. I, it's not things a gotcha. Have, have, I'm saying good job. Things have changed. You're right. Things have changed. Yeah. With, with the front office. Yes. And, you're going to give a new guy, especially one as painstakingly detail-oriented as, as Scott Harris from all levels of the organization, you're going to give him the time to assess everything. And so I, I think that Correa, again, I think Correa would be a no-brainer if you wanted to spend the money, go do that, because he would fit into your long-term plan. But as far as any, just about anybody else, I'm, I'm not surprised that they haven't made any big moves, and I don't think that it's necessarily a terrible thing if this is what he's doing is just a well, well no, no i mean that's, that's exactly what i was going to say too is like you have to understand if alavila is still here and maybe last season goes a little bit better than it did right and he, he's somehow able to hold on to his job right he goes to chris he says hey look we need to spend a little bit more we need a little bit more we can get over that hump right that's a, that's what everybody thought right everyone thought they were going to compete they were going to be competitive down the stretch and if they didn't make it it was gonna be okay we need that next piece that last piece to kind of put us over the top that's what everyone thought and then maybe you are in those korea uh, korea sweepstakes this offseason like maybe that does happen maybe you are in the mix for one of those guys because again you would have been better last year and it's like okay we're one step away they weren't one step away we we, we came to figure that out right and no, now there's a new boss in town and they got to do things differently they should have started spending the offseason before but, but, you build I, up you build up to these that's things. all irrelevant now I, it is I mean, irrelevant but that's why i'm just saying that that was but, an excellent point that was made there I, I mean yes it's irrelevant in the fact that there's no dorian to hop into so i agree with you there but i i don't know that it's irrelevant in how you can act now first of all i think you're you're both completely letting chris Illich off the hook no. so because he fucked up because he made a decision that I knew was dumb. You thought was dumb. I don't know, Evan. We didn't talk about it. I don't think that much on the show. Castellani, every idiot on Twitter thought was dumb. So because he was the one guy with two brain cells that thought that Al Vila was the guy in spite of all the evidence to the contrary and was wrong. Now we're Sisyphus kicked down to the bottom of the mountain and starting over. Carlos Correa being signed is completely compatible with whatever Scott Harris is doing. Are you, I mean, this is not. Can I I ask you one question? Yeah, yeah. I agree. How how are they starting over? Because look, here's my point though. How much worse is this roster from last year? I don't think it's, I don't think it's that much worse. 
I mean, look, and I think uh, guys are going to – we can get into this. It's not good, but it's not any worse. I mean, you, you swapped out Harold Castro, Willie Castro, and Victor Reyes how, for – How is that an argument? It was like a 66-win team. How is the fact that they're not any worse a sign that yeah. – Well, because they can't get any worse. And I don't think you're really – I mean, again yeah, – Are you, you sure? Gutting the front office. You're yeah. making some changes there. That's going to take time. Like, that's just natural. That's naturally going to take some time. I, do and, you, okay. and Scott hasn't asked for time. And I respect him for that. I think he did ask for patience one time talking about rebuilding the offensive identity. But yeah, this is not about Scott Harris. I love Scott. Harris. Yeah. I'm not mad. And at I'm Scott not. Harris. And I and I don't think it's fair to say that we're letting Chris that I'm letting Chris Illich off the hook. I, I've said it before. The the extension for Avila made no sense. I mean. Side note, the fact that he let Avila go out there and announce his own extension <laughs> was ridiculous. Um but the, it didn't make any sense. There was no proof into, you know, there was no proof that he deserved that extension. And I didn't give him credit for making the change last off season or last season because you don't get credit just for fixing your own mistake. I don't think you're letting him off the hook. I mean, but he did spend money last off season. Mm-hmm. He did let his GM spend the money. He did. You know, they signed. They signed. The, they the signed human, not great the human, players. The human consolation prize. In Javier Baez, First you have five Javi, guys who was the fifth on my list. It, like, thanks. This is what I waited five years Javi for. Javier Baez was a, was a pretty good player and had an atrocious season. That's the reality. Okay, He was a good player. Look, and they just had a ridiculously bad season. I want to clarify, though. I w- I'm not suggesting... Eduardo Rodriguez, you could have done better. For well, sure. Someone that didn't go AWOL would be a start. Right. But I want to clarify. You have taken... Chris Illich to task repeatedly on this show. and So I don't mean in general you're letting him off the hook. But the point that you guys are making, I think, serves to let him off the hook. Where this was my battle with Lions fans this year, notwithstanding for years. If you say anything bad about the Lions, it's Jim Schwartz just got here. Jim Caldwell just got here. It's only year two. Dan Campbell. Steve Mariucci. And the problem is you can play that game forever. And then I can never criticize the Lions because they have a new coach every two or three years who's always in either year one or year two. I just think to say, you fucked this up so bad, but you made a GM hire we like, so it's okay. I don't buy it. And I'm not saying that. I didn't give them credit for making the GM hire because you don't get credit for fixing your mistake in the first place. But But they did get... I What my point is, is this is... I believe right now, this is Scott Harris's show. I'm trying really hard not to pound the table because you told me not to. So, well, for the uh, sake of the uh, headphone <laughs> listeners, um, I believe that this is Scott Harris's show now, and I believe that if Scott Harris wanted to go spend a hundred million dollars this offseason, I honestly believe it would have been there for him. And I believe that he's chosen to look at this from a multi-year standpoint and not just fix the roster, but fix everything in the organization that's a mess. And so, I, I believe that. I don't give Chris any credit for the hire that he should have made th- two, three years ago in the GM point, but I'm not going to bash him now because I honestly, I don't think he's telling Scott Harris, don't go sign anybody. I think Scott Harris is taking his time. You agree with that? hundred percent. So I'll ask this of both of you. Cause that's, if that's true and it's, we, n- none of us know, you know, what conversations they've had. If that's true and he didn't even ask for anything, then that would change the context a little bit. But let me ask you this. If Chris Illich made the Mike Illich-style phone call, hey, Dave, uh, what's to say about this uh, fat third baseman in Florida uh, they're, they're trading? That's exactly how Cabrera got It's not got fair. It. He wasn't fat back then. Oh. 
I don't know. And even if he was, I doubt Mike would have said that. He was thick even in 08. But yeah, but he called and said, what's the deal? And it was the same thing with Prince Fielder. Hey, can, what, what's going on with Cecil's son? If if Chris had made that call, do you think, I mean, it's an honest question. I know we don't know. Do you think that Scott Harris's answer would be, nah, now we're good? I mean, no, I would I think th- he'd be receptive to Carlos Correa. I think he would. Uh, He'd be receptive. Yeah, I, yeah. I, th- I think he would. And if Chris Illich calls you and says, we want to give this, we want to go get this guy for $250 million, I doubt Scott Harris is going to say, whoa, right. we can't do that. That's going to put us in trouble in years to come. Um, but I honestly, I think, we again, we need to get over this whole, they're not the same people. Mike Illich was a great owner for the fans, and Chris Illich is not a great owner for the fans. They're totally different people. Mike Illich was running a toy factory and Chris Illich is running a business. And so that's, that's the difference. And, and so, but I honestly do believe, I do believe that Chris has, and you could get that sense from the press conference, the introductory one that Chris basically, this is your team. I mean, that's the impression I got. And so I think that it's Scott Harris's decision. Yeah. I think if any uh, owner calls a GM and says, Hey, go get Carlos Correa, you're going to, Try to go get Carlos Correa, right? But but again, that conversation would be, sure, we'll go get him, but like there's got to be more left in the tank for for afterwards, yeah. right? And so I'm assuming that that conversation, you know, did not happen. Um, just, but yeah. but also it's it, it's Scott's team. Yeah, I agree. Like he's running the show here, and like again, he's made so many changes in the front office, and that's taking time. It's going to take some time. Like the amateur scouting stuff, like you won't see returns on that for three four years, and that doesn't mean that they're not going to be good, and that, that but that doesn't mean they can't be good yeah. until three four years in the future. But you're not going to see the return on those moves that he made that are kind of under the hood of the organization for quite a bit of time. Like that takes time. Um, and I know that's the word that everybody hates. Nobody wants to hear that. The fans don't want to hear that. Um, I hated watching that team last year. It was miserable. Trust me. Like that was, that, that was difficult. I only covered um, a handful of games. And it, was <laughs> it was bad. It was bad, but like, but again, like you have to kind of respect that process of it. And I think there are ways that they can maybe improve the team at the big league level while trying to do that. And, Everybody knows Cabrera's contract's coming off the books. I don't think Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be on this team next year either by way of trade or opt out of his contract. And Javi Baez is Javi Baez, and you're probably going to be stuck with him. But, you know, that that's one contract that you got, really, when it comes down to it. Scope's off the books. Like, there's going to be an opportunity next offseason to do some things. Cabrera comes off. You've kind of made that – you've created that infrastructure, right? You've fixed some things under the hood that you're going to see returns on later. So maybe next offseason – I mean, again, that, that's that's kind of speaking in – We'll see what happens, and, and that's kind of a wait-and-see approach. But you've seen the roster as it is right now. It, it is what it is. I just I, I keep coming back to the concept, and maybe it's the Greek mythology, Greek in me, of the Sisyphus concept, where I, I feel like we're in 2017. I mean, we were talking about this in the audio version of this show six years ago. Yeah. We? Like, this was, the, if no, I, I pulled mean, up, which I haven't listened to that episode since we did it, I would bet that sounded like everything he just said. And what you're saying is smart. I'm not criticizing what you're saying. Everything you're saying is true. I just think if you're Chris Illich, you owe this poor, decrepit, depressed fan base a little bit more than, oh, we're starting the process over. You're the reason why we're here, sir. I mean, it, it, it's it's not my fault. You're saying for five years, just wait, I'm going to spend at the end of this. And then you do, but you kind of go half ass. I'm sorry. They were a league average or slightly below payroll. This is what we were waiting for. Detroit should be in the top 10. Ben, throw up this offseason rundown, please. Uh, just so if people want to get any more depressed. I mean, this is, 
I mispronounced, is it Maton, Matone? Maton. Maton, okay. I mean, Matt Beerling, Nick, Nick Maton, Matthew Boyd, Michael Lorenzen, Justin Henry Malloy are in. So, I mean, ripping through that really quick, Virling, a 660 OPS, everyone's upset. And Evan, to your credit, you wrote a great article on his exit deals. I enjoyed that piece. Thank but, you. you know, Maton, very good in a small sample size last year. Matthew Boyd, the same Matthew Boyd, this organization non-tendered 14 months ago. Michael Renzen, one-year deal. He's very meh. And Justin Henry Moy, who's hitting in the minors, but God knows what he'll do. And then you, you look at the out, outgoing guys, and I guess, you know, Chafin's a free agent. They could theoretically bring him back, I think. But, you know, Soto, Jimenez, Chafin, Clemens, Barnhart. To me, this is like a bunch of crap in, a bunch of crap out. There's nothing exciting about that. Ben, can you throw their projected Tigers roster for 2023? Now, this is to the credit of Cody Stavenhagen from The Athletic. This was not my work. This is us putting together a graphic off exactly what he did. So full credit to Cody over at The Athletic. But, I mean, for anyone watching... What about this is inspiring? You have Eduardo Rodriguez, Spencer Turnbull, Matthew Boyd, Manning, and Lorenzen as your rotation. Uh, Torkelson, God knows. Scope stunk. Baez stunk. Ben, can you throw up that lineup now? I mean, this is this is depressing. With their 2022 OPSs, look at this absolute disgrace of a lineup. Mayton Matone is 855. That was small sample. 70 at bats. I mean, he was like in the mid 70s, I think, in the minors. I mean, he might be a good hitter, but take that 855 with a huge grain of salt. I mean, he was up for like a month. Everybody else, I mean, you'll take that 748 out of your catcher any day of the week, but everybody else, not only sub 700, I mean, you're looking at a bunch of sub 690. That lineup is a disgrace. That that is an absolute joke, and that's why when Evan says, "Oh, it's not going to be any worse than last year," I don't know. Can I really project this massive growth? I mean, I know they're pitching in a lot of injuries. Chris Feder had guys from Meyer pitching for him by midseason. I get that, but I don't look at that and say it's inspiring. And by the way, even if you're a believer in Riley Green and Torkelson finding their way, and it's people actually like Riley Green came up and was good. A 682 OPS ain't good. You want to look at good for a rookie. Well, for a rookie, right. I mean, for, first of all, he had stretches where he was very good, and he's a top five center fielder in the league. So I'm, I'm not burying him. I'm going to push back on that. Julio Rodriguez is good. Riley Green is a good ball player. Riley Green is going, going to be, to be an all star for this team. I'll believe he might be Ken Griffey Jr. He won't be Ken Griffey Jr., but he's going to be very good. So, uh, yeah. but but here's the here's what you look at that lineup. You see right now a few reasons why Scott Harris ne- didn't necessarily go all out this offseason. Well. You need to see what you have in Austin Meadows if he comes back. You need to see if <laughs> you hope Bobby Baez has a great year and opts out. You need to see Riley Green's your guy. You believe in him. You need to see Spencer Torkelson. Not You're going to give him, him every opportunity. You know, there's positions, you know, where you just have to see what you have before you go make those huge splashes. Yes, Correa would have been great. But as far as so many other positions, you need to see what you have. And Jonathan Scope, too, look, he has had a ton of seasons with 20 home runs. He's hit over 280 yep. several times throughout his career. Like, Again, he's not going to get worse. He can't get worse. Last year was the outlier. But but you're right, right. That's what we've seen throughout his career. Now, can he bounce back from that? You'd think so, considering he's been doing this for a long time. He's been here. He's done that. You think he's going to get better? Austin Meadows, who barely even played last year. I mean, you got to remember that guy was 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 hitting homers like crazy for the Rays, right? Like he's going to respond in some way if he can stay on the field. What people thought about that trade when they made that on the including me, yeah, amazing trade. I'm not sure I would reverse it now. No, I would. I, I think I'd keep it now. 
Yeah. I mean, I know Parades, you know, had an incredible like seven weeks there, but I, I you know, and who knows? It's I'm not gonna get here and predict Austin Meadows' mental health. I mean, that's impossible. Right. We were sure well, you're seeing, but you're seeing the potential in some players and the question marks and some players, and he has to figure out what they have. Spencer Torkelson's going to get 400 at bats this year. They're going to figure out what they have. If Austin Meadows is healthy, he's going to get the bulk of the at bats and, and several other positions. So, um, you know, there's still holes. I mean, yeah, they could have gone and made a big splash at third base. They could have got Correa. But I think he's just trying to figure out, you know, what they have, what they have under the hood before I, they really, I, really I think, go out and buy a new car. Well, I think the one thing that is encouraging, too, is you have to look at the additions on that list. And the additions are not 18, 19, 20 year old, you know, prospects, you know, right? Like these are guys that have played in the big leagues. Matt Veerling has played in the big leagues. Nick Maton has played in the big leagues. Justin Henry Malloy has played in AAA. He's knocking on the door. I think that's an encouraging sign. If you're looking in terms of like timeline of, okay, like maybe when could things be good? I don't know exactly what Scott Harrison and the Tigers are going to do next offseason in terms of are they going to spend big and go crazy and, and whatnot. But he's acquired players who are big leaguers now. You don't trade Joe Jimenez away and Gregory Soto away for those kind of players if you're not planning to try to like get this thing turned around fairly quickly. And so I guess like we're going to find out real soon whether, you know, this is the real deal or it's not. But if you're planning for this to be a longer rebuild, I think you're going after guys that are a lot younger and, and you know, maybe need more development. But you're getting guys that are already at the big league level or right on the cusp of that. And I think that's a little bit encouraging, something that fans should keep in mind. I mean, I, it's all fair. And by you're, the way, um, and you may hate me for this, but looking at that rotation, uh, I, don't, I don't see it as the 2013 Tigers rotation, but I also don't see it as the worst rotation in the Central. So you got Eduardo Rodriguez. I mean, I, that's a, another story with a source in the Central. You got Eduardo Rodriguez as your number one. I'm who, Cody. Who I'm Cody. Who cares who your number one is? I mean, do you have do you have five guys that I think are pretty decent starting pitchers? And I think they do compared to the rest of the AL Central. I'm not saying these are the best. They got guys that are hurt. They're coming off Tommy John. That there's so there's stop gaps in there, but I don't think it's as bad as you think. I think the offense, if if they don't improve in a certain position, that roster's a disgrace. I, ben, throw up that diamond graph again, if you can. I mean that this lineup, this, this roster's terrible. The Angels are terrible. They have two of the five best players walking the earth. I mean, that's what I was going to say. Even if Torkelson and Riley Green become two top ten MVP candidates, which this organization has not produced in thirty years since Alan Trammell. You're still just the fucking angels, even if they're Trout and Otani. I mean, this this lineup is so that you that like that would be pretty good with Trout and Otani. That rotation is a pile of threes and fours. I'll agree with you there on the rotation uh, piece of it. Yeah. I mean, look, you have Eduardo Rodriguez as a one. Like, is he a one anywhere else? Really? I mean, sure, on a really bad team. Yeah. It's right? even a two. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not I, saying no, they all suck. That. And and look, look, I understand the point of going out and, and getting a Matt Boyd. Again. There's stop gaps again because you got guys that are you got Casey Mize and Tommy John. You got guys that are hurt, and so there's stop gaps in there. But honestly, I, I honestly don't think that's the worst rotation in the AL. No, I understand what you're doing, going out and getting <laughs> oh, a Boyd and getting a Lorenzen, and I and I get that, right? You want to try to flip those guys, see if you can get more out of them. Again, you trust in Chris Fetter, you're, you know, trust in Robin Lund, who's a new assistant pitching coach with. I mean, so much knowledge in biomechanics. He was a professor, so I guess we call him Professor Lund. Um, but no, like I understand the point of going after those guys, but there's also a risk factor involved with that too. Like Boyd's coming off an injury. He pitched like 13 some innings last year out of the bullpen. Like, is he really going to be like a reliable starter again? I mean, he thinks that he's the best he's ever been. And that's what he's kind of always said. Do I think so? I'm not really sure. Like nobody really knows. Michael Lorenzen, like he has some issues with the walks. He, he walks too many guys. Like that's a problem. Um, you know, how does that how does that handle and how does that hold up over a full season or at least until the deadline? 
I don't know. And if he's not good, no one's going to want him. So maybe they want him out of the bullpen. You can get a little something, but you know, that, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking to make these guys reliable starters and then flip them at the deadline. And I guess we'll have to see, I guess that again, that's what it really comes down to like, and it's the hitters too. It's, it's both sides of it. It's like, what can this coaching staff get out of these players? What can AJ Hinch get out of these players? We, you know, brought in a new hitting department. What can they get out of these players? Can they, can they get the most out of Javi Baez? Can they get the most out of Austin Meadows? Can they get the most out of Jonathan Scope? You know, can they get the most out of Matt Veerling and Nick Maton? If you can't, you're screwed. But if you can, like, maybe you got something. And last year, they weren't able to do that because, they, you know, you had guys that had track records who didn't do anything. I love, the co- I love the coaching staff, the manager. I love Scott Harris. To me, this is an ownership discussion. I believe in the development and what their, what their plan is. I, I think they'll do well. I think you need some show of good faith from the owner that we did not see. I, that's what my point is. I'm with you. I, I'm all on board the development that they're kind of going towards. Although we heard a lot of the same shit with Avila. They're building the Dominican school or whatever that nonsense yeah. was or whatever happened to that. Yeah. You know, he was, he, he spoke a good game about analytics, but the difference is I actually believe Scott Harris. I, I think they have the best manager in baseball. I think they have, if I could have hired anybody on the market that was a viable option short of Epstein getting an ownership share, they hired the guy I would have wanted to the point where I didn't even suggest Scott Harris as a possibility because I thought it was so dumb to even think he would come here. So I'm thrilled with all that stuff. It all comes back to, I think this owner owed us a sign of good faith in doing something substantive. This is all the same bullshit. This is all the same shit we've already seen. With a smarter man doing it? But on what planet? Why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't I spend and have a smart guy? On what planet do you think that Chris Illich cares if you think he owes you something? (laughs) I mean, he's never... I don't think that he does. Right. But I'm going to make fun of it when it doesn't go how... Come on. I agree with you. When are you a Chris Illich fan? Um, This is is insane. It's the same. We could have... Anyone I just think, drop I, in and think this was a conversation from four years ago. We're talking about the same yes, shit. They took a yes, chance. Maybe they can flip this eight guy. Of the, eight or seven Jesus. of the rebuild now. Yes. Why are we talking about flipping guys on the deadline? Maybe they catch fire with Lorenzen for 60 days and can flip them. What year is this? This is like that. Was it the Robin Williams meme? He crawls out of the cave like that. I'm like, how are we here again? I feel like this is 1408. Again, I, again. Like, I was out. I I'm was out again because you put too much faith in you. And your owner put too much faith in Alavila and that extended the rebuild. And well, that's now, his you have, problem. now you have Spend. to now you while you're not, they won't use the term rebuild or starting over. That's essentially what you're doing to a certain extent with Scott Harris. That's I mean, what you pay, are. At, I mean, look at payroll in a year from now. You're. You're, you're kind of there's nobody right that's i mean a, that's what, a good thing though right uh, yeah well, now you can go get otani for 500 million dollars i mean it's a good thing if you're taking it on good faith that they're going to do anything about that let's talk about payrolls ben throw up the world series championship payrolls let's let's go there so we pulled the last decade of world series champions and what their payroll ranking was the season they won and i mean there's obviously there's there's some variance here for sure um i mean the astros being the key to that, and they have the proper answers as they should. But they're, the average of the 10 years prior to this one was eight and a half. So the lowest was 18, and you had a couple number ones in there. For the most part, you need a top 10 payroll. By average, you got to be at around eight and a half. You got to be top 10 on average. The organizations that have bucked that, Chicago was run by Epstein. The Royals, I mean, Dayton Moore, who's 
I would not be at Epstein's level, but was locked in. And the Astros may be arguably the best organization in baseball right now. I'm not trusting the Tigers to deliver at that level. The moral of the story is what we have learned is you got to be on average in the top 10. I do not think Chris Illich is going to spend there. You mentioned what their payroll is next year. Let's talk about just 2023. The average payroll in the league right now is a give or take a couple hundred thousand is 141 million. The Tigers at 105. They're 36 million below average. So this whole it's a false notion to say, oh, what do you want to do? Have them spend like a wildfire, just burn the, the money and, yeah. and throw money like it's a fun. Can I get they to have a league the, average no, payroll? No, they have the money to spend. Absolutely. They have the money to spend. I don't think anyone's disputing that. Again, it's does Scott Harris want to do that right when he walks through the door? But we agreed he would want Korea. Of course. Of course. They could sign Korea and be 8 million under league average. Of course. Of Fact. Course, of course. They could have matched Minnesota's deal and still been below average by uh, $8, 9000000 million. Of fact. Mathematical fact. So you're telling me that I could have a below league average payroll in Korea. And this is okay. And by the way, you mentioned it starting next year. Look who's on this below league average even after signing Korea payroll. Miguel Cabrera, $32 million, Gone. Javier Baez uh, may be gone, 22. Eduardo Rodriguez, 14. Matthew Boyd, 10. So not only do they have a very low payroll, objectively speaking, when weighed against the average, the four guys that make the most money are Cabrera, who's a corpse, Javier Baez, the worst free agent signing in the league last year, Eduardo Rodriguez, who wouldn't return text messages and was disappearing for three months at a time, and Matt Boyd, who this organization non-tendered 14 months ago. So they're already not spending shit. And the four guys that are getting the most money are all disgrace. I mean, these, these, it's a joke. Cabrera's dead. The, who's the best guy on that list? You're hoping Erod ascends to his four ERA form again? Matt Boyd, who, by the way, should be a reliever. I wouldn't even use him as a I starter. I agree with that. He'd be a great in the Andrew Miller. You and I are the Andrew Miller guys. Yeah. I bet you he moves at the bullpen. I, bet, I, I love him. I, mean, I think he could be a 13, 14 strikeout per nine guy out of the bullpen. I agree. He's been very successful early in the season. I mean, that's a career trend for him. So I think at some point, Good point. he makes that move, makes that push. I mean, there are guys, there are young guys that are that are waiting. There's Joey Wentz, right? Like, I think Joey Wentz probably fills that spot. That's my opinion, though. He could. I, I, yeah, boy. At some a, point, right? Like, you want to try to develop Joey and, like, get him ready to go. And then once he is, then. Matt I, makes that natural shift to the bullpen well, if he, yeah. if it's not sustainable. Now, if he's dealing, you roll with him, obviously. But like, well, I wouldn't even. You don't have a ton of faith in that after the first two months of the season. I know he's on a one-year deal, but that's the thing. Though it's like, you know, if he's great for two months, as his track record seems to indicate right. he could be, like you're going to give him a long leash to get it back. You're not going to move him to the bullpen after four bad starts or see, and then suddenly it's September third, and we're like, I would start him in the bullpen. He was good in those Seattle. Like, I watch a lot of baseball. I'm like Castellani. We, watch, we both watch a lot of baseball. He was good. Like, he was kind of, I haven't even looked up his numbers. No, that changeup was nasty. That he slider was, good, was nasty. I was like, just going to say. Milo he, was playing up on the fastball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like, he looked like Andrew Miller. I, I would use him out of the bullpen. But the point is, their payroll's $35 million below average. And the four guys that are making the most money, no one there inspires any confidence. Like, you'll get the Guardians. Yeah, their payroll's worse than the Tigers. They have Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez. At least the couple guys that are making some money are good. The Rays, who don't spend anything, they got five pitchers better than anyone I would take on our team. Well, so, 
You're talking about two teams with, with a track record of, of strong development, and the Tigers don't have that track And then record. retaining that development, okay. too, right? Retaining yeah. those players. Keep, Look at developing Ramirez, and keeping that talent. The Tigers yeah. don't just, they don't, I mean, Alavio came in and said, we're going to do analytics, and we're going to change the scouting, and we're going to do all that, and then... Look, they're not a good develop. They have terrible development track record going back decades. Yes. I mean, decades. So you, you can compare them to the Indians. You compare them to the Rays. You compare them to the Astros, you know, that have the 18th payroll. Look, these are three organizations that know what they're doing when they're building a team. The Tigers haven't had, they've had Dave Dombrowski, who was given a blank check and, by the way, spent very well <laughs> and traded very well. He, he did that very well. So you have him and then you have Al Avila, who when he given the who wasn't given the the money that Dembrowski was, but when he was given money, just didn't spend well and didn't prove that he could build from within. Um, this is an organization that hasn't done that, so you can compare to those other teams, but it's apples and oranges right now. So if I mean, if you're doing the fun math game, you're 35 give or take million below league average payroll now. I would argue the Tigers should always be closer to league average, but whatever. You're 35 million below now. He signed Correa for what he signed for eight years, 10 years for less turn for less money. I can't remember eight or 10 years, whatever it was. Cabrera's 32 comes off after this year. Mm-hmm. So you could sign Correa now, could have signed Correa now. Still been Maybe eight. Maybe you could, still could. Has he eight. signed with the Twins? I think they did. Yeah. I think they did. did they finally that. They did that. Yeah, third time was a chart. You'd be eight million below. And then when Cabrera comes off in a few months, you're 40 million below again. And that's. Not including Matt Boyd's 10. It, not including if Baez opts out. Not including Lorenz's seven and a half, I think he's making, or eight and a half. So they could have signed Correa, been well under league average this year, and been 50 to 60 million below league average next year. But are you regretting that Correa deal at the end of his contract? I don't care. Because for me, for me, I think too, like, you know, you talked about, again, and this is what kind of Scott said, like with the whole, you know, develop the players, then retain them, right? Like, yeah. if Riley Green's an all-star, lock him up. Like lock it up, lock them up, make it happen. Like what the Braves are do doing. Like Braves I think do. every team wants well, yeah. to what the Braves the are doing. That the Braves have, you know? but, but right, yeah, right. But, but I that's, think Riley Green that is one of time. those guys. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that yeah. kind of takes that takes time to develop, and that takes time to to but make clearly, that happen. But clearly, Scott Harris well, came in this season. I mean, if Justin Henry, if if Henry Malloy is great, lock him up, do it. But you got to see. Well, I just gave you the math, though. You could have signed Correa and still been they, fifty yeah. million below league average. Use that money, to and then you're kicking yourself on the back end of that deal. In eight years? Yeah. What, they, yeah. Everyone regrets. You're not going to be good this year brother? anyway. And you're what, not going to be good year? this year anyway. So what's the well, point? I, 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 like, I'm not saying this year. That's the point is that Scott Harris clearly took the job and is conceding this year, right? Uh, we didn't know that at first. If he was going to concede this year, he's clearly conceded this year. Yes, I agree. He, this is a let's see what we have, not just on the roster, but all over the organization. Let's see what we have. See if these young guys are in our future and go from there. And so I think from that standpoint, he just didn't want to commit to anything when he doesn't know what he has. Even in the minor league system, Even too. It, like, look, I mean, yeah. there, there are guys down there that, like, he hasn't seen them play yet. He hasn't interacted with them. Like, you have to, you got to have a feel for it, right, before you start making I think, and franchise I think altering moves. Committed. And, and I think yeah. when he's ready, when he sees what he has this year, this will be a big year for a lot of the young players. When he sees what he has, and, and I think then he'll make his assessments and go into next offseason with a whole lot of money to spend and be able to probably make smarter decisions based on what he thinks he has here. Look, no one's happy. This is year eight or nine of the rebuild or whatever, seven. Some people, you know, <laughs> Tigers fans, Tigers optimists like to say it's year six. I still argue it's year seven, or eight, the re- seven of the rebuild. And by the way, what if they never rebuilt? 
and still had Verlander and Scherzer and Castellanos. These guys are all so good. It's like, wait, they can what? still be contending. Yeah, they sold these guys seven years ago, but oh, they're on the back nine. And it's like, oh, shit. I mean, what if they back never nine rebuilt, years, you know? Because everyone agreed at the time, yeah, you probably need to rebuild. What if they never rebuilt? Can you imagine? I mean, uh, it, it would be weird to see crazy what crazy notion. It's true. That you're right. They're you're, all out you're there. Right. You're, you're right. You're all out there. I, I mean, here's the thing, though. If you gave me a crystal ball and you said, Justin, look, look into this little crystal ball here, and I knew for a fact that one or two years from now, I would take even two. Chris Illich is going to be out there spending big. Okay. It'll suck. I'll take it. Promise I don't trust him. No reason to trust him. You said earlier, Tony, oh, look, they did spend in a below league average payroll. I, I'm sorry. That is not spending to me. And you're saying, oh, they'll have a ton of money to spend next year. Yes, they have, I believe, 76 or 77 million committed for next year. They could spend $70 million and still be a little below league average. I'm not going to give them credit for, oh, your payrolls went to zero and you spent back up to league average or a little bit below. I ain't giving you credit for that. Can I get one league average payroll or higher? I don't think I'm asking too much. I've sat in mud with everyone else for the last half decade plus. I understand the frustration. Yeah. I mean, because he could spend however much he wants. He could. Like, there, there's no right. cap. I'm not saying so go I'm, to top I, I, five, but, but, I, but I get it, though. But I get it, though. Like, I understand the frustration because yeah. you can. Like, it, you, can. you can. And it comes down to the fact that, A, Priscilich is not his father. We know this. I don't need that, though. But Get me to like 11th payroll but or here's something. here's the thing. You know, they might, they might not be making money with an 11th payroll. That's the reality. They might not. They're a slightly above average. They're a slightly above middle market team. Mike Gillich bled money for a decade. He didn't care because he wanted to win. This guy's not going to do that. So I, he'll spend, but you're never going to see them spend the top five again while Chris Illich is the owner. I don't believe they'll ever. Do I'm not even asking for top five. I got, I want to get, I'm not even top saying I want Top 10 is probably the ceiling from where I see Chris Illich. I take with competent ownership. I mean, that World Series graphic we had, you had an eight, you had a seven, you had an 18 in there. The average is eight and a half. If you get me in that kind of seven to 12 range, I'm in. We ain't even close. Which is basically Astros range. I mean, if we're talking about Houston and a team that maybe... You could model. I mean, look, when AJ walked in there, there were guys all over the place, right? And they were good right away out the gate. And so they did a really good job of like keeping that talent, but also then like supplementing it, but also not spending too much, right? Like they didn't hold on to Correa. They didn't go out and try to spend a ton of money for him. Verlander didn't happen, right? So like there are some smart financial decisions being made, let's just say. And I feel like they spend, you know, just a fine amount. I think that's a sweet spot for maybe where the Tigers could be one day. I mean, that'd be ideal. Evan, let me right. ask you this. Let's say Scott Harris is doing a bang-up job, making some savvy Dombrowski-style trades, stealing Polanco, stealing Guillen, et cetera. Makes a couple hits in the draft. Riley Green develops. The team is in that kind of 500 range. Next year, they go 82 and 80 or somewhere in that range. Multiple big This freaks. upcoming season? No, I'm saying 2024. Okay. So off-season, like your December 2024, you just had a little bit above 500 or just below whatever. You were competitive. Similar to... 21, but a little better. Multiple big free agents out there. Scott Harris comes to Chris Illich and says, look, I need you to get me into that. Well, I'll stay away from the number. Let's see from the rank. I need you to get me to the 10th highest payroll in baseball, whatever it is, because right. that's a moving number every year. Does he give you what you need? Does, is Chris Illich going to come through? That's a great question for Chris Illich. I'm asking I mean, what no, your, no, what's I your mean, opinion? I mean, I, look, I think... I think, yeah, I mean, maybe that's, that's a really tough question. Maybe that's a really tough question. He, I After mean, eight years, but, 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 they have, be but, nine? but they haven't been there yet though. That would have been a great question that we would have seen that this off season. 
had they have been close last year? We would have had the answer to that question right now. We would be sitting here right now with the if if they would have they kind of were. If, I mean, they no, were they, they won seventy seven. I said eighty two. We weren't that far off. No, look, if it no, if they would have been if they would have been closer last year, if they would have been they were out of it by middle of May. If they would have been yeah. in there at the end and they would have been fighting for the postseason and they would have been oh that close, we would have that answer right now. We would because that's exactly what would have happened. He was like, yeah. hey, we need this. We need this last big piece, and we're gonna be over the hump, and we're gonna be in the playoffs. And we're going to be real players here. You know what? They might even have Correa. Yeah, the they Europe, might have. Because yes. Will would still be your GM. And yes. Probably be the, the so we would have the answer to that question. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I mean, if you had Chris Illich, call up the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're saying me. Well, I know, I know we're not. The point is, I say no. Now, no one knows. Obviously, we right. don't know. I think because we haven't yeah. seen it because they've been so stupid. Yeah, for we his don't. We don't ownership. know. Again, the track record for Chris Illich, and we've gone over this before. And is just not delivering, right? Uh, and uh, so we don't really outside know. of baseball. You're too. talking about the district yeah. Detroit stuff. Well, I mean, the Tigers, District Detroit. You know, I mean, now they go, but now him and Ross want more money from the city. You know, just I mean, don't I mean, get me started. Come on now, like I mean, we won't get into that, but I mean, it's just he has a track record of no track, no positive track record, essentially. So. Who knows? Um, I we just, also have, I we also believe, haven't seen him that close to anything that's successful with either of his teams, right? So like we but haven't. He, but here's the thing: I, I I just I think that they thought they were pretty close before last offseason. That's asked. what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I they, think they did spend a little bit, but they also but weren't again, like they going for it all. They didn't even get to the middle of the payroll, which to exactly. me to me makes me believe. And again, when the Tigers were at the top three, four payroll under Mike Illich, they were losing money. That's fact. They were losing money. Even with all the tickets, they were just, they're not a, they're not a top, they're not New York, they're They're not not a top market city. They were losing money. Mike Yoach didn't care. We all know that. And that's why everyone in this town loved him because he just didn't care about that. He wanted to win so bad. And he finally put a winner on. He built the greatest stretch of sustained hit. I don't blame it all you for know. him at all for not winning the title. No, he did everything. He did everything he could. Yep. And they had arguably two years. Maybe three had the best team in baseball. Yes. And just didn't have Should have won. Okay. I agree. Um, you know, he did everything he could to, to get it done. Uh, again, we know that Chris Illich looks at this as a business. And the Tigers, again, I think that if they, if they even if they get to the top 10 would surprise me. I just think that they're like, they're going to be that 12, 13, 14 when they get to that point. I don't think they're going to go a whole lot higher than that, which is why Scott Harris becomes your guy that is so important. Can he build? here in a similar way to what he did with San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco had ninth payroll in 2021, but it was lower. And they, you know, 2021, he built up, they won 107 games or whatever. Can he, can he do that without spending a top three payroll? And I think that's why he's here. Well, he's here to to do that. And again, it's, it's a little, I'm not saying you're giving a straw man, but I'm saying it is a straw man. If anybody says, oh, he's never going to spend the top three. No one's asking for that. The question in this hypothetical is, I'm going to spend X amount of dollars, whatever it is in two years from now, whatever that number is, I'm going to have the 10th highest payroll. If I need to sign these two players. And I think these guys are going to put us over the top. And that will have the 10th highest payroll. Is, it, is he going to say yes or no? I mean, I say no. I don't think he will say yes. He, he'll, he'll let you sign one of the two and get you to the 14th or 15th. And maybe he can win anyway. I mean, and we again, saw an 18 and a 15. None of us know the answer again because we're still here waiting. So we don't, we don't know what the answer is. Well, that's why is. it's a question. And yeah. I mean, I'm not asking you to solve a math problem. It's, it's speculation. I mean, but 
I don't have any faith in it. Like to me, I mean, Ben, can you throw up Evans? This is the other component of this. Evan put up a tweet that was depressing about this farm system. And I mean, you were just reporting the news, but you're the bearer of a lot of bad news since you got on the beat, sir. So this came out one Detroit Tigers player is on Baseball America's recently uh, released top 100 prospects list. Right-hander Jackson Job, number 83. I'm not going to get into the fact that the guy that I wanted, Marcel Mayer, is 10th on that same list. I'm not even going to get into that. But this is what our mutual friend Chris Castellani was talking about a little bit on his Twitter page this week. You got a shit roster. We put it up there twice just in case you missed how bad it was the first time. And you have... One guy in the top 100 prospects list who's 83rd. This is such a bad picture overall. To me, this is, I mean, I, I likened it to, it's, it's like the reverse Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, help is on the way. It's the opposite of that. Help isn't on the way by any indication. So I, I, I don't see a way out of this if you're not going to spend big, which we all agree that's not happening. I don't see a way out of this that's shorter than three or four years, given what we just showed Evan talked about with the farm system, Baseball America's released, given what we're talking about with the spending, their payroll is going to be in the 70s before they sign anybody next year. Am I crazy to say that even if you love Scott Harris, we're at least three years away from even thinking about the playoffs? Is that fair, Evan? It's a good question. I need some answers. No, look, it's I mean, three look, years away. Look, I, I, think, I, think, I think it's, it's fair. Possible, but I, I mean, also think you also look at. Um, you have the distinct advantage of playing in a very shitty division. That's true. And Scott so, Harris knew that wrong. when he signed. And he knew so, that when he signed up. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. Um, I I think that because of that alone, I mean, look, the Tigers are only like twenty to one to win the AL Central this year. No, like if they were in a good division, point. it'd be like a hundred to one. I mean, so uh, because of that, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. But I think that that points out how daunting. The task is. I also don't guys, think that that list sure. is in, is entirely fair to some of the players. A lot of those. Like, I, I mean, think they Colt, also had four top right, thirty prospects last year, but they all got moved up. But so. also, too, I think Colt Keith is Colt Keith should probably be on that list. I, I think, like that guy. Yeah, Colt Keith is going to be really good. I think, and Isaac Pacheco should probably be on that list. Justin Henry Malloy, he's you know probably not too far behind that list. Like prospect lists are prospect lists. Um, I think there is more talent in the system than like one good player. If that's how we're going to talk about it, right? Um, so, but again, it comes down to development, right? I think they have the right guy in place to do that. And that's Ryan Garko. And I think if he develops those players, maybe we do see a quicker turn than expected, right? If they're able to develop those players at the big league level and that, that that's Ryan Garko with the minor leagues and that's AJ Hinch at the big leagues. That's what it comes down to. Can, can AJ Hinch and his coaching staff develop those players at the big league level? And can Ryan Garko do it? Now, if you believe in those two guys and you believe in Scott Harris, could it be a year? Could it be two years? I don't know, but maybe three, I think three feels like a sweet spot. It's three gonna, feels like it's a sweet spot. This year. You're it's not going to be this year. But you're talking year. about so the division thing is a very fair point, in which case I would say, okay, you might win by default. And by the way, none of those other teams are on this huge trajectory upward. I mean, so it's not even, I mean, it's, I it's know, not, Cleveland's, like, Cleveland's got a lot of young talent. They got a lot of young talent. I, 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 I like Cleveland. I, I, Cleveland's good. They got a lot of young talent, but there's no. But look where that started. That started developing the prospects yeah. and. But I feel like you're getting ready for the big league level. Like, you're, that, that's what everyone wants to do. That's the goal. That's what you're trying to do. That's what every team. And wants the Tigers to do. haven't done that successfully in my lifetime. Since 1970s it's was a, the last time they did that successfully. I was talking to the aforementioned Chris Caslani about this. I don't even think I like tweeted this, but there was a stat that I had to dig up personally. I went year by year. The Tigers have not drafted and developed. They, they've traded for him. Obviously, Cabrera won MVP. 
They have not drafted and developed one position player that finished in the top nine or 10 in AL MVP voting. In since since 80, whenever your Trammell won it, Trammell didn't win it. Or he Should finished runner up, he finished runner up, right? Runner up to George Bell. It was that, it was that 84? Cover your ears, you weren't born. Was that 84? 87 was Alan okay. Trammell so the year they won the they, um, they won the, the, won division. the division, but everyone voted way before that. Okay. And the Tigers came back and won, but it. It was a travesty. He, but he no was George he was, Bell, but you should have won. He was <laughs> first runner up, though, right? Yes. So that was the last one. So I should have remembered because it was my birth year. But I, I can't remember if it was top nine or top ten. But in one of them on there was Al Avila finished like eleventh. Uh, Alex Avila, the two thousand nine, like, finished yeah. like he was like eleventh. I couldn't believe that yeah. when I saw it. He was a good. He was. He had a, he had a great year. Um, but I mean, do you realize how bad it is? Not it's been in, very little. And they've been got, drafting top five like twenty times. You've drafted Al Avila, top five, but you drafted hey, pitchers but. mostly. I mean, for the most part. I mean, they drafted Curtis Granderson, yeah. who ended up he was a pretty good ball player. You know, they got Nick Castellanos, pretty good ball player. But they they were drafting mostly pitchers. They drafted but some minus I'm not arguing with you. Their development has been shit. I mean, they have they've built a champion off the backs of drafts one time, and it was forty years ago. But do you realize how bad it is to go that long, thirty five plus years and counting, by the way, and not have one guy finish in that top ten? I mean, Sean Figgins finished like third one year. I'm not saying a perennial top ten candidate. I'm saying you have a Darren Erstad in two thousand, who's like probably you know, well, I want to get sued, but whatever. 333, 20 bombs that year, the year the Angels won in 2000. Like, I, how do you not have one guy, one time for one season, be the eighth best guy in the AL? Because you have, because of, for that era, you had a general manager whose strength was spending a lot of money and making good trades and shipping those guys off. So, I mean, it wasn't. But you're going into the 80s, though. No, I'm talking about Dave Dombrowski. I, I mean, know, but I'm, that stretch of, of that, that that I'm talking about with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had, I mean, they were, well, they didn't have a winning season for. 20 years so i mean they were they were shit i mean so you can take yeah. that era out of it because it just it just doesn't exist yeah. most recently it was because dave dombrowski didn't prioritize that but also turned those prospects into pretty good major league stars can we bring this back to my era for a second and just like make sure we like remember something right going? i mean 98 let's 98. bring yeah okay look yeah al avila gone david chad gone scott place gone dave littlefield gone yeah like that, like that's the point, though, right? Those guys were around forever, and you're talking about not being able to draft and not being able to develop. They're gone now. Yeah, but They're I gone. don't. I don't divorce the. It's the same thing I was saying about the Lions. I'm not going to like, say like, 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 is the development a, a, a an ill? No, I mean it's not a Chris Illich. I mean you're complaining about Chris Illich all this time. I get it. I understand the frustration, yeah. but like, you got to give them some time to like do their thing, right? Like you, you just brought in all these new people and just gave the boot to pretty much everyone who's been here for like 20 years. I disagree with the premise that I cannot be critical of you the owner you who left a, a dunce in charge. Well, you no, can no, feel however no you want. No, that. you can't. No you can do whatever you want. Well, but I'm get, to me, it's the, the whole give them time thing. I am giving Scott. Yeah, I can, I'm, compart I'm time. compartmentalizing yes, the topics. You can, look, you can bitch about Chris Illich. He's screwed <laughs> this up since he's been the owner. Clearly. <laughs> yes. Okay. But you can't just say, you know, you can't just expect Scott Harris to come in and make all these decisions on in, in his first three weeks, four weeks on the job. I mean, he's going to assess things. I'm not criticizing a thing about Scott Harris. But you want them to do more right now. Well, I wanted, I wanted Chris Illich to say, look. Well, Chris Illich is wiping his hands. It's also the two, like, the, consist, Harris, the, constant, so. the constant looking back is just that. I mean, that's, what, that's what's frustrating for me, at least, is because, like, it, what's the point? 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Jim used to say, well, you can't chew yesterday's breakfast. No, I mean, I get it. Everybody, I, I believe everybody, in accountability. But, but I every, believe well, in right. criticizing. You, yeah, you can have accountability, but you can't hold the owner accountable because he's not accountable to anybody or held accountable. This he, is my version. Owner. This so microphone you, you is my version of no, holding accountable. No, that's fine. And hopefully Chris that's is what watching and listening to you. I'm sure he's not. Right now. But, if, but if one more person out there realizes what a joke he's been, I feel like I've done my job holding But what's going to change? Nothing. That's the thing. That's okay, but I Until think he sells the team. Legacy matters. Maybe you don't think so. That's not an objective fact. Oh, to me, legacy matters. It would to and me. And I want everybody out there to know. I'm not sure it would to Chris If Marcelo Mayer makes 10 All-Star games, I want everybody to know that it was this moron owner who empowered and then stepped away from a moron GM who is the worst GM in the history of this city. And that's a long list of a lot of bad names. I want everybody out there to know that it's his fault. And even if Jackson Job is a 10-time All-Star and Myers the bust. I hope it happens. It's still the wrong move statistically. It's idiotic to draft a high school pitcher that high. There's a reason why nobody else does it. Because they all end up hurt. And you and I got into a heated debate about this on this show. I, I, I just I refuse to say they made a good GM hire. Everything is off well, the table. Of all, they made for a good president hire. Okay. It's a difference. Oh, no, and that's, fair. And that's where I point out the fact okay. that I think Chris Illich is wiping his hands. And this is Scott Harris's show now. You're but, so you fair. can bitch about Chris, Chris yeah. Illich. It's not going to do any good. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. This uh, is Scott Harris's show. And I don't think you can blast the Tigers when it it's also blasting him for not doing anything this offseason. I think if Chris Illich, yes, if Chris Illich would have picked up the phone and said sign Carlos Correa, he would have probably signed Carlos Correa. But the bottom line is, he's. this is the Scott Harris show now. So, I also, so, so worrying about Chris Illich and what happened four years, five years ago doesn't matter anymore. I also don't think that any player the Tigers haven't drafted, if they go on to win 10 MVPs, I don't think like Chris Illich loses sleep. No, I mean, no but I, 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 I do. Right, right, but he doesn't. But, yeah. but the whole... Like, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I, think, no, I, no, I agree I with you. Back, I agree with you on that. Back to the best owners. Sorry, I'm hitting the table. The <laughs> best owners are the fans. <laughs> The fan owners. The, the I, I honestly believe that. Now, Steve Cohen would be losing sleep yeah, over Steve it if something Cohen's, like that happened, right? But like, Cubans, I love Steve Cohen. I mean, the Mark right. Gillich's, like the fan owners are the best owners. You know, when the Mets, yeah. and you go to payroll, when the Mets had signed Carlos Correa before they actually did, but when they agreed to the deal with him, I think I read some stat that their luxury tax bill was going some to be more. It was like two hundred million. More than the tiger, well, not, not quite that much, but more. Their luxury tax payment alone was going to be more than the tiger, the tiger payroll. Oh, 100 percent. That was a little bit. But you're not getting that with Chris Illich, so I feel like everything else is just. It, uh, no, what's the yeah, point? But that's again, like you're just talking circles doing yeah. this. Like you know what you're getting, you know what you have, you got to live with it. Sorry. Yeah, you're not wrong, but like, why talk about sports at all? Like, because it doesn't matter <laughs> Sometimes what. Sometimes I wonder. What does why it we matter? Do. Well, I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, Sometimes yeah. I wonder. It's only partially rhetorical. I am kind of searching for an answer because you could say that about anything. Yeah. I mean, you could talk about the Lions pro or con. Well, no matter what I say, no matter what you say, no matter what he says, isn't going to change the fact that Chris Illich is the owner, and that's probably just the way that it's going to be. Right, but it doesn't. Sorry, mean, you have Chris Illich and not Steve Cohen. I no, I agree. This is not about hey, let's start an insurrection and, and go down there and like assassinate the owner. I mean, no, that's not obvious. You could, but you could say about any sports discussion. I'm just saying that I think this is a betrayal. What he's doing, I think it's stupid. What he that's do. fair. And, that and, totally and it's fair. not. It's not about well, what else are you going to do? I, I'm not suggesting I have any power, but I'm speaking as a in this case historian on this owner's legacy, and he deserves to wear it because this is his fault. This is his fault. It should not take. This long. I, I'm sorry. If they had just done the shit that I said to do, 
I could have, with a league average payroll, could have had this team competitive. Me, no, some they, guy doing no, this in his free time. Dave Dombrowski turned the worst team in American League Baseball history into a World Series contender in three years. Yes. Three years. And how did they do that? Well, they, they hit some good draft picks, obviously. And when it was time to spend, they started spending. But they didn't start spending immediately saying, we're a contender, we got to spend now. They started doing it three off-seasons ahead of time. They start with Pudge Rodriguez one off-season. Then they go get Magliori Doni as one off-season. Yes. They trade for Carlos Guillen. And then they sign Kenny Rogers and Todd Jones, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, they're in the freaking World Series. That's why I, I still argue. Now, I still argue they should have started signing free agents three off-seasons ago, two off-seasons, three now. But then again, if they did that, Alvio might still be your GM. So they might end up being in a better shape long-term because of what, ha- what ended up happening. But you just made the point of the night, sir. I did? Well, you guys are saying, look, they're nowhere near ready. Look, look at how bad that roster is. They lost 119 games. They had to win four of their last five and come back from seven runs down in the seventh inning against Minnesota to avoid 120. And they signed Pud Rodriguez, and it worked out wonderfully. They were like 25 games better in year one of Pudge's contract. They were in the World Series as prohibitive favorites, by the way, in year three of his deal. So that how and, – and by the way, Correa's – four years younger than Pudge was when he signed here in 04 or whatever, December 03, whatever it was. That's a perfect answer. Nothing was worse than 2003. It was okay to sign Pudge then, worked out then. Mm -hmm. Why is it not for a guy four years younger, by the way, okay now? I think it is. I think you also have two very different general men with presidents and Dave Dabrowski. But we agreed Scott Scott Harris would have welcomed them with open arms if that had been the request. But you know what? And it wasn't requested. And Scott Harris may have another plan in mind for that situation. I mean, I... (sighs) I'm not mad at you. I'm mad mad at this dumb owner. It's so different. Yeah, well... (laughs) Right, well, I think the point is, though, like, Chris Illich didn't pick up that phone and say, hey, go get Correa. So I don't think Scott Harris wanted to go get Correa. I don't think that that was on his bucket list or priority right now for him, so... Oh my God. Uh, I, they have, I they mean, have Javi Baez at shortstop technically. He can't be any worse than he was last year. Yep. I mean, they brought the fences A lot of these guys can't feet. be any worse than they were last they year. They brought the fences Especially in, so Scope, which you hit out earlier. I mean, that guy's like 200 OPS points below his, you know, kind of. Well, he, he and he, he's always been a streaky hitter, and you're well, going to see up and down. Up but again, training, you know, probably 25 pounds overweight last year, wow. too. So. I didn't know. I didn't realize that. Yeah. He did look a little doughy he, now. He that I, now that I think shape. about it. Yeah. I mean, it's the opposite of Cabrera, who's in the best shape of his life every year. Ben, show uh, Scott Harris's quote, because I'm curious for the guys, and we'll kind of wrap the topic here. I think this is gay. We're nearing the finish line of the Tiger stuff. So this was, I think, yesterday or two days ago. We are still hard at work trying to make the team better. Whether that manifests in a trade or free agent signing, I can't say right now, but we're working really hard on it, and we feel like the offseason isn't over. That is the key part right at the end. He feels like the offseason isn't over. Now, I mean, we know on a literal basis it's not. But the indication there is he thinks something's out there that might be in the works. It might just be GM speak. I don't know. Uh, GM speak. You agree. I think that covers you both ways. Yeah, I mean, you're not saying that you're not going to shut. You're not going to tell people you're shutting I it think, down. I think you. I think what you have. And you can Scott, say I like my team. I like where we're at. I mean, GMs have said that. I think what you have in Scott Harris is a very similar public persona to what you had with Dave Dombrowski. You're not going to get much. You're going to get that kind of speak. I think Alavila was a little bit more out, out a there. A lot more, yeah. To, probably to his detriment, <laughs> judging by results, yeah. to his detriment. But um, I think that you have Scott Harris. I think he's going to be a guy, and we were talking about this before. I think it's, it's going to be similar to the Dabrowski era where things are a little bit closer to the best with Scott Harris. For sure. 
So, so I don't think that quote means that. But also, too, though, okay. look, like I think, again, talking about free agency, talking about guys, I mean, again, they were checking in on, on everybody, right? Like they were, they checked in on Will Myers. They checked in on Brian Anderson. Like they checked in on all these names that people have kind of talked about right now. Not the top shelf guys, right? But they've also, they've checked in with guys, right? Like they yes. checked in with, with actual free agents. Like they didn't just turn their phones off and not talk to anybody that's a free agent, right? And, you know, they've checked in with Andrew Chafin. They've checked in with Jerks and Profar, two guys still on the market. Like I'm not saying they're not going to, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and make those moves, but like, again, if one of those guys falls to a price range where they feel like it's worth the value, maybe you strike on that, right? Like there are guys that are still free agents right now that are searching for teams and who knows what trickles down by the time that, you know, spring training starts, but it was clear that they were going to be smart about going about this and not overspending and not going after the the, the top guys. And also too, like look at Jamer Candelario, right? Like they non-tendered him for a reason. They weren't going to pay him the 7 million. He gets five. Like the way that Scott Harris is thinking, I, I can't even think the way that he's thinking. You can't, you can't. Like, I think he is, I, I, I truly I definitely can't. Yeah. I mean, I think he is just so far ahead and he has multiple steps ahead. And I think he understands the value of players, how that lines up financially. And if there's a right fit, maybe he goes and gets them. I think that's kind of what he's saying here is like, I'm not going to shut anything down. If someone comes along and says, hey, we really, really, really want Alex Lane, Alex Lang, we will give you boom, 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 boom. I think he does it, right? Like if, if that offer so. fits for him, right? He pulls that trigger where I think Alavila maybe doesn't pull that trigger. And in terms of the spending, like I think it's just trying to be smart with it. He made the trades, right? He moved on from these relievers that, you know, other teams wanted. And again, like if you're trying to rebuild a team, you trade your relievers, you move them first, and then you see what you get back and you try to develop those pieces. So I think there are still some free agents out there. I don't think it's like one of those things where he's completely shut down his phone and, and turned it off and he's done. You got to monitor. That's your job, right? But there's not like pressing needs. Like like there there are guys well, there, to fill there, positions. There, there are at there, bats to go there. around. And they're not it's not going to be great. There I get are lots it. Lots of needs. We, he just doesn't know what the pressing needs are. Yet, right. Right. And right. so I think it's a wait and see approach. And I don't think he wanted to tie himself into anything right now when he doesn't know exactly. But I think going out and getting an Andrew Chafin, if you can get him on like a, a, a two year deal, maybe trade him at the deadline. Like again, look at what he was able to get for Soto. Look what he's able to get for Jimenez. Remember, Alavila got Sawyer, but but remember, Alavila got uh, Sawyer, Gibson, Long for Michael Fulmer and Chris Anglin for Robbie Grossman, right? And then you look at the returns that Scott Harris was able to get for the two relievers that he just traded. I trust Scott Harris to trade Andrew Chafin more than I would trust Scott Harris to more than I trust Alavila to trade Andrew Chafin, right? So maybe that's a, a move that he goes and makes, and he spends some money there, knowing that the return is going to be good on the trade on the back end, right? Like I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying like that would kind of make some sense to me. And I think that's why he's, he's talking like this, because if the price is right and it fits and he thinks he can get enough for him and, and the years work out, maybe there's a move to be made. The jury's out on the players have to want to come here, too. Yeah. I mean, that's another. I mean, well, yeah, yeah I mean, that's another right. factor. I mean, you, you know, honestly, who knows if the Tigers would offer the a dollar more than the Twins if Correa comes to Detroit over Minnesota. Yeah, but, we, but we, we talked about that, though. If, if they were bidding and lost, fine. I mean, I'm not going to kill them saying, for losing. I'm just, saying just because, you know, the Tigers would get in on that doesn't mean they would, you know, they're kind of no, in a similar but, situation to where they were before 2003. But and it's that a sign of something, though, that they're, if, they, if they were in the bidding and lost or if they had been one of the two teams that right. signed them and then backed out or whatever, at least, like, you're, you're trying. I mean, I mean, you said, look. Well, there was their, a mystery team, right? John Heyman said there was a mystery team, so I'm sure. That's the Scott Boris special, exactly. the mystery team. There's a exactly. third mystery class. Yeah. He's been John saying Heyman that for 20 years. I mean, Evan was still in diapers. He was using that line. I mean, you, but you said, look at the return he got for Soto. 
We don't know what he got. Uh, we don't know what he got for Soto. Uh, yeah, barely that guy with an OPS in the 660s. Three position players who were role players. And I understand they were role players, but they were yeah. role players on a World no, Series I team. Mean, look, I mean, I we don't know what they... But, but they, were role, they were good enough to be role players on a World Series team. For, yeah. I'll give them the at-bats in Detroit on a terrible roster yeah, and just yeah. let it see what happens. I mean, at least you no, look, I like at, the trade. At least you right. look at yeah. that That's my point, though. And say, yeah, that's fair. And say, yeah. wow, they might have got something here where you rarely did that under Avila. I yeah. mean, I mean, at least right away. I mean, you have Keith Law writing, "Wow, how did the Tigers get this much for Gregory Soto?" I mean, no, you know, I like and, and there and there are, I, I there, like and there are holes in both of those guys' games. Like I said, the exit yeah. velos and the hard hit rates. Like I, I profiled some of that with Veerling, and then also too with Maton. Like the guy hits fastballs, but he really can't hit anything else, and also hits a lot of you know middle of the zone, up in the zone, doesn't hit a ton down in the zone. Like, there are holes in their their game. Like that's why they were role players for the Phillies, but. You bring in, but again, that kind of comes down to what I'm saying is like, they talked about developing. AJ Hinch has brought in these new hitting guys to try to fix all this. And so let's see if they can actually fix it. Like, let's see if they can actually develop these players and make them better. And if they can, maybe you have a, an everyday regular in, uh, in Matt Veerling. Maybe you have an everyday regular in Nick Maton. Maybe you have a couple great bench players on what could be a really good team in the future. And they're both under team control through 2027. And that's not bad. You I'm take that all day. That. Yeah. As opposed and to then, Chris England or Sawyer Gibson you, Long. To see what you got. You know? I'm with all of that. And it's to see what you that's got. The, that's the right. pro Scott Harris argument, which we all agree with. Right. I just wish the owner would do his part. And that, that's but I think the owner's part now is to just go away. I mean, honestly, I don't even think he's – I think that he's kind of turned it over to Scott Harris. And I think fans should be very grateful for but that. But also, too, if you go out and you sign Correa and then you move Javi to third or you move, you move Javi to second, maybe Scope goes to third. Like, you just don't have playing time for these young players to see what you have. Could you imagine if you could hit on one of those guys and maybe they're, you know, I mean, they're not going to be Carlos Correa. I understand that. Yep. But could you imagine if you actually get something out of them and you learn that you get something out of them because you – left those at-bats for them. You, you allowed them to get playing time. You allowed them to develop. Like, I, I, I understand the frustration. I get it. $500 million to sign Shohei Otani. Boom. Well, let's talk about Game Otani over. for a second. Oh, boy. Sir. Okay. No, but, and Evan, you would have been. I think he's going to the Dodgers, but that's just me. You see, well, yeah. It's a, I just always say the Dodgers will get whoever well, they were. Is, well, they were, they, Dodgers seem careful this offseason. There's like a so 20. I think, there's, I, there's it's a good point. Up. Reading yeah. the tea leaves. Yeah. You're probably oh, yeah. right. Uh, I mean, they're a 27% chance to get anybody good. So you're always like in a pretty good position there betting wise. But I, I was not talking about, hey, could they sign Andrew Chafin or you know, somebody else? Right. Like, I mean, that's, I, I agree with you. That's like always on I think the there table. are some smart baseball moves like that, though, that maybe you could capitalize on as the market trickles down. But I agree. Again, there still are some guys out there. Not a lot of good guys. Not a lot of great names out there. Like you're kind of bottom of the barrel, but I there like, are some. I like Chafin, but uh, yeah, that's not the kind exactly. of thing I was talking about, though. Because I, I, okay. I, anybody could always you know, sign the $4 million guy, $6 million guy. I and you were a little young. I think you would have been about ten if you were. I don't know what month you were born, but you were about ten years old. Help me out here, Tony. The Cabrera trade. Yeah, yeah. When they made it, and I mean, technically, it was it oh seven? I know his first year was two thousand eight, mm-hmm. uh, December oh seven. When they made that trade, I would argue, and maybe this is just for Tony, given how young you were, Evan, at the time. But my argument would be, when they made that trade, that would be or was as shocking or very, very close. As if the Tigers traded for Otani tomorrow, at least in the same ballpark. People forget how stunning that was. Now, granted, we were in position with an owner that was already spending more than Chris Silich ever has. I get it's not complete apples to apples. No, I agree with you 100%. But it was because I, think, I think people do forget, and this is just from, from looking back on his career. I think sometimes, and I'm, I'm not saying you guys do, but I think sometimes people forget just how good Cabrera was as young as he was. Oh, I mean, again, yeah. like he, I mean, again, like I think people 24 when they pe- traded pe- people for that, people that are my age. Don't really understand how good he was when he broke into the league and how good he was years one, two, three, 
so good in Florida. So, so yes, yes, I understand what you're saying. It would be, it, yes. It would be stunning. And there were, there Somewhat was some similar. rumor. Again, the Marlins had their own long history of unloading guys, but there were rumors that he might, they might move them. And then, you know, there were lists of seven or eight teams. The tires weren't even on the list. I mean, they weren't even on the list. It, it was in real time. Tony, am I falsely characterizing that? I remember, I mean, I was in college when they did it. My the house that I lived in, we were stunned. It was, it was like we were on the floor. We couldn't believe that they did that. Is Otani's that a, in a different category, but but again, that's still, but, but it's it's right there. That's what I think would buy so much credibility. What Does he have one year left or two? I think he has two, Otani. He's got I think two. he has one. Is it one? Next yeah. yeah. You can't trade for him without that extension discussion prior. But that I just, I'm dying for something, and maybe it doesn't have to be Otani. I want something like, holy shit, they mean business now. I, We've been waiting for that forever. But it's the same as the free agent conversation, right? Like you kind of want that holy shit free agent moment, right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, he just went out and got Carlos Correa. Like it's happening. Like I don't think they're ready for that yet. They don't know what they have. Yeah. Even if it's that's, next that's, year. And I it want sucks because they they've already been through this. That's I understand that, but it's rebuilding the rebuild. The rebuild is long. Mistakes yeah. were it made. Sucks. Mistakes are made. Patience has run out. But the new guy's got to get on the ground. I mean, it just fans are just going to have to accept that it's going to be another year for the new guy. And also, now, too, the I don't, guy also, been, also, the too. new guy should have been hired three years ago. I get it, but yes. mistakes are made. You can blame the ownership for that, and rightly so. Also, but, they don't but, have enough to get Otani anyway, or like I think in terms as far of like as trade bait, like not. they don't really have enough. Really, there. I mean, I think I could. Get I mean, look at their prospect I, list, right? You talk about we want to go back to that. I mean, well, they, they I mean, do have they some talent. Can take, no, they I mean, can take you Riley. Could, you could, take, get you could maybe say Riley Green, and then you could name. Yeah. You know, I think I could keep put, going. I think you, could, you, you could, probably but could. keep going. I could put Riley Green and who else? Well, who else would you really want? Most of those arms are all hurt. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's the problem. That's right, the problem. right, right. I'm like, I'm about to list all these guys that are dead. Like, that's well, I mean, I it's, it's Riley Green and a very uncertain Spencer but, Torkelson, and then after that, there's quite a bit. But of you get what I'm saying. Even if it's not Otani, just so, yeah. I, I, I mean, I hate that we're talking years, years, years into this. And I'm sorry, they don't get a reset clock. Harris does. The Tigers organizationally don't. Yeah, right. And we're sitting here talking about maybe this guy with a 670 OPS. Maybe we can develop him. Maybe this guy who's the, the Baseball America 173rd guy, this Justin Henry Malloy guy. Maybe he might be. It's like, the fuck? You do that for every team in the league. Right. This already happened. Well, it, they, already, they already did this. It already happened. And you could do this with it. I mean, the arguments we're making are. Let's see what they do. Maybe they'll develop. And I, I, that's nothing. That, that's pixie it's not dust. That it's that's, not that they're necessarily going to develop like that. It's going to be, he wants to see what he believes he has. That's that's all it is. This Malloy guy's like 24 years old. He, he's like Kyle Funkhauser making the top 10 prospect list when he was 29. I mean, it's like, a, you're not talking about some spring chicken here. I'm with you on the Colt Keith, though. That's kind of my... Colt Keith's going to be good. Not to use the pun, but that's kind of my horse. No, but I think he's my dark horse. You're looking at what you have at several different spots around the around the diamond. I mean, you're looking at Spencer Torkelson this year. I mean, you're I mean, you're looking all you're looking at Austin Meadows. Like you're 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 just assessing. It's that it's a it's a concession year. I want to finish on two points. You mentioned Torkelson very briefly. I think is it fair to say we all agree we're not like we're totally out. This guy's a bust. If he's Sitting there on May 23rd, what is that, 20% or so, 25% or so of the season. And his OPS is like 610. Is that too soon to start? I'm not saying write him off completely, but to start really having some concern. Because I, to me, his start kind of matters. I don't care about the first week. But if he's two months into the year and is well below league average, I, this is a guy that you drafted for his offense as a first baseman. I know they said third base, but. I mean, I mean, you drafted this guy to be a franchise cornerstone. Yes. 
with the bat. I mean, he actually he, he saved Javi Baez five or six years. But, but you drafted have. him to be a great player, a great hitter specifically. Yes, but right. But so is it is it safe that's to say it really that, matters if you can't hit, you can't play. I mean, that's that's what it really comes down. Well, right. To, but but it, that's I'm, my point. You can buy some value if you're you know a world class shortstop or yeah, something, and your your bat's a little bit underwhelming from your expectation. You draft a first baseman first overall, which is extremely rare. I mean, it's happened like seven times ever. That guy better mash. I mean, Paul Konerko or better. Uh, that needs to be like the basement for you to be pleased. Right. I, I just, I, is it that far off to say we're only about six to eight weeks away from this guy really having some alarm bells going off? I think, like I said, it doesn't have to be hot the first series, April 15th, if his numbers suck, whatever. If we're getting into late May and he's up there flailing, I'm starting to worry. Is that too reactive? I want to know Tony's take on this first because I'm kind of pressing the panic button already. Now you you indicated you're like, I don't know about Torkelson. You kind of said that in passing. Yeah. That's why I wanted to circle back to it. But, I mean, Tony, May yeah, 23rd. Yeah, I think your intuition would be right. I would not hit the panic button at that. I would be different. I would. Right. I, 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 uh, I'm not as I'm not as reactionary, I think, to the product on the field as a lot of fans are. Maybe I think that, you know, young people, young players, sometimes some come up and they they go crazy right away. And other guys, it takes two, three years. J.D. Martinez was 27 years old before he could hit a ball, a major league fastball or curveball. Okay, And he became one of the elite hitters in the game. So I'm not ready to hit the panic button because I don't think you need to hit the panic button. If you're a team that's counting on him as a as a contender right now and he's doing that, then I'd be a little bit concerned. But I think, you know, I, I mean, it's 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 going to be upsetting if you're a fan, but I don't I wouldn't hit the alarm bells just yet. What have you seen, Evan? You said you're already in that. I mean, I, no, I'm, I'm not I'm not banging on the panic button. I'm not but saying I mean, you're I'm, buried, I'm, but you have some my concerns. fingers kind of on it. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. he goes down again, I think you have a lot of concerns. Like if he comes back coming out of the offseason where, look, he got enough at bats last year to understand that that what he was doing, like it, it wasn't working and it wasn't good enough. And he, if he, I mean, Max Scherzer got demoted multiple times. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying right. You know, I don't I don't think that if he goes down next year, it's but Torkelson's your one one. Like you have to remember that like that, that, that he's your one one. Like he was your guy. He's somebody that you are expecting to, again, mash at that first base spot and mash right but we all right now I would have taken he was consensus man yeah yeah, nobody wasn't taking yeah I would have taken one so yeah I mean I think you'd be nervous if you come back and and season starts and yeah if if he doesn't get it going I think you have some concerns like and it's more than just like oh what's his batting average or what do the numbers look like I think like you're looking at his process and you're looking at the way that he's going about things you're looking at how does he fare against pitches inside the strike zone he really struggled against all middle middle pitches and middle middle fastballs and like you cannot miss middle middle fastballs and he really did and if he's missing those again next season that tells you that he hasn't changed anything and so i think that's where you really start to hit that panic button if he's not making those adjustments if he's not making those changes and and, you know if he's going to stick with what he's had that's that's fine but it obviously didn't work last year so what makes things going to work this year just you know getting more experience and feeling better like no like the swing is still the same swing it's still the same bat path like it's still the same stance like if none of that kind of stuff changes i mean what you think is just going to get get better like that like i don't think so so that's what you're looking for i think more than just the numbers i, I think you're looking for the way that he goes about it is he hitting the, those fastballs in the zone yeah exactly and if he's not and making the, those steps you're told that they've got a good coaching staff they've got a good you know developmental team in place they got this whole new hitting factory they got to get through to him they have to get through to him whatever because he didn't he didn't make any adjustments last year i get that it's so hard to make adjustments in season they sent him down to triple a he came back up and look he he was he was better better overall he he did have better at bats but he 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 wasn't like the guy that you would expect him to be or that you would hope he'd be you'd hope that he'd go down there fix some things come back and just start letting it rip right 
and he didn't he didn't he didn't really do that to me but i but i think there were better at bats and it was a better mindset i I get that but there's just not he didn't impress players there's just not a ton of guys who come into the big leagues and get it right away i mean i just don't believe that so i think it takes time with some guys Right, which is why my finger is kind so of hovering I, I just, over that panic button. I, we've seen this before where guys come up and they bounce back. Yeah. There are also many cases where, where they don't and they just don't have it. And, sure, and, and, and sometimes it takes a lot of time, but the Tigers the don't have season, you're gonna By the end of this coming season, you're going to have a pretty good idea what you have. 100%. I think by the end. But, I, but I'm not going to get too wrapped up if yeah. it's May 15th, if it's April 15th or whatever. No, Nobody's saying 100% bury him. I'm just saying when are you starting to have that, real concerns? That, I'm not there yet. I'll assess at the end of next season. That's, so you, that, this coming season. So he could season. be in August with a 590 and you're like, yeah. No problem. I don't think he'll be in the major leagues with a 590 OPS. That's what I'm saying. Well, so he he's 590 and then they set him down because he's so fine. bad. I mean, again. That, to me, that's sirens. That's you're, you're more reactionary than I am and more alarmist than I am. Andrew Vaughn was, what, fourth overall the year before? He, he is competent at bats at the major league level. He's pretty and solid. J.D. Martinez was 27 years old. Why are we talking? Was J.D. the 1-1? One, one? No, I'm, but nobody became one of the best hitters in baseball. These extreme like, outliers. Scherzer went down. How many league MVPs or Cy Young Award winners were sent down at you know, 26? I mean, it's you're, you're naming these extreme outliers. Right, but, but, it was, but, but, J, but, but J.D. Martinez. guys that had impacts with the Tigers. But J.D. Martinez so, didn't overnight become this dude like he didn't like wake up one day and he just had it right like like he almost did well <laughs> well yeah, look, houston, just, houston just got rid of him yeah he kind of did <laughs> he i mean did. right he pretty much buried in houston and came in was a star right away almost right away. right right but you don't go up. through all that without making changes without no he made adjustments right. he, he, that's my, he bought that, into that, the that, that, that's my point I mean, that's my point this is the misery of being a that's my point though that's my point, though, yeah. is yeah. I, I think that Torkelson no, is, is a great player. He'd be a great hitter, but he has to make adjustments. Absolutely. And if he doesn't next year, I'm banging on that panic button. Yeah, I, I agree. I, to me, if By the end of next season, I will have known. Yeah, I yeah. Will, I'll have a better idea. But, but that's up to that's the, I, But I, for me, I think that's the coaching staff's job to try to get through to him there. Because well, they, they, they see things. They know. Life and sports and everything. You have to adjust. I mean, so. Part of it to me is the organization. And look, this is a big source of contention. The Bill Simmons theory, which I agree with, and a lot of people don't. He said in real time, you're the Portland Trailblazers. You can't draft Greg Oden first overall. Because you already have the Sam Bowie thing, the big, tall guy with some knee issues and a like weird foot and legs are a different size. Like, you can't do it because you're Portland. I, the Tigers, if this were the Diamondbacks or basically anybody but the Tigers, the position prospect looking really bad in year two wouldn't be as horrifying. Fair or not to me, I got 35 years of evidence that this organization can't figure it out. So I'm going to be a little bit quicker on that panic button than I were if I had an organization that I rooted for that had any track record at all of success in this area. I want to finish here really. Oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no. But I also think that's why they're not spending the way that maybe you would hope that they were spending. Like, could you imagine if you spend on Correa, you lock him in and, oh, you don't have a first baseman anymore. Oh, well, this guy's not going to be there anymore. Oh, he, he's no good. You know, Badu's never going to bounce back. Carpenter's actually not that good. Ryan Kreidler, yeah, he's not going to cut it, right? And then you're like, oh, well, now we're stuck with Carlos Correa and we just realize that these guys can't play. You're so negative. I think that's true. He's well, negative? I'm not negative. I think, I think he's actually the positive one here. I'm, I'm, well, I think I'm, you have to look at it like... The one the you have, you have to look at it. Over here. No, I mean, you can't look at it from like an emotional mindset like that, though. That's the thing. I think you have to look at it... That's the thing. When you a little bit more detailed, a little more analytical. You got, you got the wrong guy does, for, for you, that. They beat the life out of you. <laughs> And so you, you know, you, your passion's gone, and you just stick with the facts. This was yeah, the blue ball. We were off the ultimate blue ball era. 
where this team should have gotten it done. You said it at least twice, maybe three times. They were times. the best team in baseball three times. And they were the prohibitive favorite in the World Series, twice. like gambling odds twice. And they would have it, been in 2013. Yes, and they in the, fact, 2013 yeah. was the best team that they had. And I think we all agree. I know Chris agrees with that. You know, I, I think, was a fan of those teams. I it, grew up around here. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was at game two at Fenway. Uh, it was, it was, I had a Boston fan. At, Ortiz wasn't even around third yet on the, the home run track. And the fan behind me said that, shame on me, I should be rooting for Boston anyway because of the Boston Marathon bombing, which had happened earlier that year. I, I mean, as close as I've ever gotten to a physical altercation at a baseball game, I was horrified by the remark. This organization has tortured me forever, forever. And they got so close multiple times, multiple times, multiple times. And now we're just in the same shit. I wish Mike Yelich had gotten it done because I never had faith in this owner. Last thing on the Tigers, Miguel Cabrera. Uh, he's on the team. We get it. His last two years, Ben, I mean, you can throw it up. His, his OPS is atrocious. I mean, what, what is it? The came in at six, six, nine, and it was in the six twenties last year. He, and this is a designated hitter, by the way, we know he's on the team. It's going to be his farewell tour or whatever. My only question really is this. Am I insane to just ask for them to use him like sixth in the lineup? I seven, maybe asking too much. Because, I mean, fair. I'm tired of it. He's betting fourth and fifth. Like, what are they doing? I get the, I get the deference, but I mean, part of it's the lineup. They had nobody better last year, right? I mean, you were stuck with Harold Castro hitting in the cleanup spot or hitting in the three hole and like, yeah, three and three, yeah whatever it was. But like, look, yeah. two hole. Like, I mean, again, it's, yeah, I think this year, like, you have to get some different guys more at bats. And I think that just, well, that has to happen. I don't think you're going to see him play all that much. No. That, well, that was the last thing I wanted to Maybe ask. Maybe once was, a series. Yeah, I think that's about right. There was there was a thing out there that he's going to be, like, kind of a part-time, like, they're going to manage. Scott Harris had a quote about that a few months yeah. ago. Like, we had a guy had a conversation with Miggy about what he wants to do and how much he wants to participate. I think he's, like, a part-time guy. I mean, he even if but he's he, but healthy. He, but but his, he deserves to be. Based on his production, my gosh. I mean, he's... Yeah. He's a below average, below average, below average designated hitter. Go look at every designated hitter. Look at their numbers. Look at their WRC plus. Look at their OPS plus. He's not a good player. It's it's laughable. We know that. He's terrible. Yeah, we know that. But But that's the point, though. He he doesn't he doesn't deserve to be that guy. The team's in the position. But last but last year, I think it was more of just this season's gone anyway. Let's just yeah. What's the point? And I think it's a similar. What's the point? It's similar this coming season, except I think the plan will be just less. Your yeah. colleague at the Detroit News got very mad at me last summer. He was saying the magical season of Cabrera. I said his OPS is like 728. Who's which that? It, Who wrote that? Wojo on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was he's having a magical like that was the actual like magic. I think it was magical. Something either magical or equivalent hyperbole. Well, there there, the, there are more the, important he, bats to get. He had that uh he had that high batting average early, right? But it yeah, was, but it, his it OPS was, was in the set. Whatever. He had I, I posted yeah, the Bill James kind of yeah, chart. Well, it, it was good. a below average league OPS oh, by yeah. by definition. No, he hasn't, by done, he hasn't been an average OPS in five. <laughs> he has no power anymore. Yeah. It's it's, it's I, I just but yeah. they're moving the fences in. Uh yeah. What if he comes up about thirty bombs? Hey, you know you know what would be hilarious though is if somehow he ends up in top 10 mvp and then he gets that vesting option and he's owed another 32 million next year and oh back sh- is that a thing yeah a thing. i thought it was just a straight like team option no no, no. they have a, they have a vest best. on it it's, yeah. it's like yeah, is it's it like, top 10 mvp yeah it's like yeah <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen, but a, yeah, could you imagine, though? Could you I imagine? I, I some, would root for it. Just, Fuck Chris Illich. Anyway. That'd be hilarious. No, I think that that's, that's probably why they'll, 
if he's not a part-time player at the beginning of the year and gets off to a good start, somehow he'll become a part-time <laughs> player. <at the> end <laughs> yeah, Pujols' OPS jumped 200 points. Yeah, like, Pujols had a magical year. Yeah. Hey, Cabrera, he actually hey, did have a magical hey, Cabrera year. commented on those fences. He said he wants to play more years. I just call Victor Conti. No one cares. Like, come on, give Cabrera a proper farewell. Tour. But I, but I hope he, I hope he's not batting fourth or fifth. I don't, and I don't think he will either. I think again, if you're going to be, if, again, if you're Scott Harris, if you're AJ Hinch, and you're talking about earmarking at bats for young players. Get him up there in the lineup. Get him as many at-bats as you can. See what you got. And, I mean, you know what you have or, or don't have in Cabrera, right? So slide him down. Yeah. Right. Like, it, it's just it's only fair to what you're trying to do. I agree. And no, even I, I have my limits. You no, can't bet no him no eight. question they're going to do that. I mean, it's, 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 the time is, is over it, for Miguel. We know that. So you don't think he's batting fourth or fifth? I need him at sixth. No, I think, I think six probably, is the number. That's probably about right. Because seven, you're in the bottom third. Even I have my limit. I don't want to disrespect the guy. Even I have the limit. Six is the number. Like you're you're not in the bottom third of the order, but you're as far away from the heart as possible without being in the bottom third. Anyway. Well, you could have. I mean, yeah, you could have paid him to to get out of town too if you really wanted to be a jerk about it, right? Like I'm fine keeping so like, him. Let him have his. I, I know. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But like, I understand they didn't do that. Like you got to move him down. Like it's yeah, yeah. I, I mean, thought I think keeping him around is enough respect on its own, and then six sounds good. Well, I'm glad you guys are optimistic about this this ownership group and that you think every, you think everything's going to be great yeah, and they're going to win 96 about, games next year i think he missed everything that he said <laughs> i think it went right past him i i have been well probably i i've been in a bath of hellacious emotions i mean the, this organization i but tony you've been holding my hand the whole time man I, you've been sitting in that chair we've been talking about this in real time as it went I had no faith that this was going to work. If I pulled up all my tapes saying that Chris Ilch is going to fuck this up because Al Avila is the one entrusted and he's not going to get it right, I was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything I said was right about this organization and their trajectory. Chris Ilch was wrong. So you're telling me that me, the guy who was right for the last five years, about everything I said with them, is supposed to have faith in the guy that was wrong didn't at say, my expense? Didn't say you're supposed to have faith in him. I'm, I'm asking like just, you know. To the royal we out there. You know, not, not you. I'm just answering. No, that's not. I'm not I, asking you to have faith in him. I, I, I'd be really curious where Castellani is at on this. I know he had a two and a half minute video or whatever on his Twitter. He did, I think he's more on my side. It would have been well, interesting. Probably. I, I would have liked him here. We could have been, you know, the Hutus and the Tootsies over here. Okay, real quick, done with the Tigers because I'm depressed. Very quickly because we're running long. The Harbaugh stuff at Michigan. What do you make of that whole situation? Do you think he's actually going to sign that contract? Mike Vlenny was vehemently arguing on his show this week. You can't sign that contract with pending NCAA violations, which just came out. Dan Wetzel from Yahoo. Did you guys see that report that he's refusing to admit that he lied? So that's at a standstill. You got this thing with the coordinator. Who knows? It doesn't seem like there was any complicity or knowledge there. Like, what do you mean? I, to me, it's a fucking mess up there, right? Is that just like the, the Sparty goggles? Take this one, Tony. All right. It, I mean, seriously, uh, no. Like, no, I, it, I, I haven't, I, I mean, I understand what's going on, but no, I haven't no, been as Michigan much. Has, yeah, it's more Michigan of a Tony has, question. I mean, right. it's a, it is a mess. It is, it's a problem. I mean, they've had a lot of incidents this year with the, you know, Mozzie Smith and the coordinator and the level one and level two violations. I mean, there's some. There's oh, and several different going, departments too. Some, been yeah, there's some crap issues. Going, in. There's crap going on. I mean, it's not good, but um, the Harbaugh stuff just makes me insane. Like, I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand what Michigan is doing, offering this guy a contract. First of all, they're bidding against themselves. 
Okay, the guy wants to go to the NFL. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He's pissed he lost to his brother in the Super Bowl. That's his dream to but win he has a Super no Bowl. Offers, right? He has no offers. Yeah. If he had an offer last offseason, he'd be the coach of the Minnesota Vikings right now. He didn't have an offer. He comes back. They give him a contract extension anyway, and he's pulling the same crap now. I mean, this they're bidding against themselves. Why do they have to give him a raise? He signed a con, and if, you know, a lot of Michigan fans are pissed at Ward Manuel. They're, they they think that he's disrespecting Harbaugh. I think Ward Manuel is doing what any administrator would be doing, saying, "I just gave you a contract extension last off season. You just made, by the way, almost well over ten million dollars with your base pay and your bonuses. So you're paid well. You just signed the extension." And you're coming back and doing the same crap that you did last offseason. When last offseason, when you came back, you said you weren't going to do this crap anymore. So I don't understand why Michigan Michigan should be telling him, look, if you have an offer deal, go to the NFL, then go to the NFL. Like, go. But you sign this deal. That's your contract. You're well paid. You're very well paid. You just signed it. Can't be, you can't keep doing this every offseason. So if, I don't understand why Michigan is just bowing. Or not manual, but the president of the university is just bowing to this crap. I, I agree with everything you said. That all applied even before the Wetzel report about the NCAA violations. That all applied before this thing with the coordinator, which is TBD. Isn't that even more so a reason to say, why are you letting this guy with seemingly no Absolutely. leverage dictate this? Thing? Absolutely. I mean, look, if he's, if he's found guilty of a level one violation, I mean, it's some sort of suspension. Almost the six certainly. games? I mean, it could be. Four could be six. It's some so. some kind of suspension. Um, I think you at least have to let that clear out. But they're so afraid of losing the golden child to the NFL when again he has no offers to coach in the NFL. If he did, he would be gone right now. And by the way, when Santa Ono, the president, who I get a kick out of, I think it's funny that he's kind of a fanboy. You know, it's it's. I don't know. I just find it funny. But when he put that comment on Twitter saying, I just spoke to Coach Harbaugh and he's coming back and whatever. And then Harbaugh tweeted out his quote. He still hasn't said, I'm definitely coming back to U of M. He keeps saying the same old crap that I love U of M. That was the MO, though. He did that earlier. You know, he said a couple weeks ago, yeah, as I said in still- December. My goal is to be yeah, here. But it's I, almost like he's still fishing for another job exactly, or something like that. Because yeah. he is. He that's won't close that door. Wa- that's where he wants that door. to be. He wants to be in the NFL, and that's fine. You know, if I had to choose, if I was going to coach in college or the NFL, I'd choose the NFL all day long. College game is, is exhausting. So I don't blame him that he wants to go there. But your question is like, why he is Michigan doing this runaround, though? Yeah, Michigan is bidding against themselves with a guy who could be suspended for some of this season if they find him guilty of these violations. And wants to leave. And clearly, or at least wants, isn't, clearly isn't completely happy at U of M. Well, I have on, on pretty good authority that Ward Manuel and Jim Harbaugh have a personal disdain for each other that goes in both directions. Like, they hate each other. It's not, it was interesting that the president announced that instead of Ward exactly. Manuel. Exactly. That was kind of fascinating. Well, and that's to me, where, at least. And I, I'm, not, I'm not in on that. But, that, but it was you're interesting. Right. And that's kind of where I'm going. To me, that's odd. Because even if, okay, the dynamic, the Harbaugh and Manuel hate each other, whatever. We get that. That's, you know, anyone around there will confirm what I just said. Like, fine, Santa, make the call, do the back channel thing, or go over Ward's head, however you want to characterize it. But still, the statement should come from the AD or a joint statement with the president, which is what a lot of schools do. To me, it's odd to go to Twitter. Yeah, did a press release come out with that, or was that just a tweet? It was a tweet. The whole thing's That's weird. And it's the Ward had nothing to do with it. Like, that should be a joint released, you know, the same way 
Alan Heller and Mel Tucker had a joint statement after the tunnel thing, and they both sent it at the same time, and they both signed it, you know, and they both had their own little separate thing, and they were on the same document on top of each other. But it wasn't a press release, and it wasn't coming from the athletic department because nothing, it, it said nothing. Well, but the fact that he said anything, it's its to me, the AD the pre- yeah. should be the, the well, I, either I, the one saying it or at least in conjunction with whatever you're saying yeah. or don't say anything at all. Is that right. fair? Yes. But I think you have an AD who doesn't understand why they're playing ball with Harbaugh when he just got this fat contract last offseason. He like, promised him he wouldn't do this last year. He pro- of yeah. course. Exactly. Yeah. This will be the last time until the next time. I mean, that's what it is. He's he's they're negotiating against himself. With a guy who doesn't have an NFL offer, because honestly, I honestly believe if he had an NFL offer, he would be in the NFL right now. <laughs> Did you see Colton Pouncey's quote tweet on the Harbaugh announcement? He just said, "Cool, same time next year." <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. I mean, it, that's what it no, is. No, but I mean, look, he no, he's right though. Like, there's a reason why every year we talk about this Harbaugh to the NFL, and that that's a conversation that comes up every single year, over and over and over and over again. Yeah, he didn't get offered like, the Vikings job. Right. Okay. I honestly believe if he did, he'd be gone. He would have been. The athletic report was that he would have been. Um, His people called the Carolina Panthers. Okay. The Panthers didn't call him and he's not a finalist for the Panthers job. Okay. Uh, Apparently, reportedly, he's the only one with the Broncos not to get an in-person interview. Okay. He doesn't have an offer. (laughs) Why are they bidding against themselves? I just think it makes them look small. I just think to his point about like Harbaugh wanting to be in the NFL, right? Like you say that that's where he wants to be. I think I just think it's fascinating that, that this like, rumor mill cycle comes out every year. It's like, maybe I'm wrong because I'm not, you know, super tied into what's going on across the college football landscape. But I feel like you don't hear about that with like every single coach or, you know, you don't hear about the guy over and over and over again. And maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like there's other coaches out there who are really good college coaches who like, that's not a repetitive topic over and over and over. your name is out there over and over and over again, it's because in large part, you're putting your name out there over and over and over again. Okay. This is is him willfully being in this rumor mill. And that's because I believe he wants to be in the NFL. Albert Breer's report, he went on Rich Eisen's show, and I I agree with his report, um, you know, just from analyzing it. He said those first four or five years, NFL teams really were all over him trying to get him out of there. And it was right when Harbaugh decided he wanted to go where it kind of shifted against him now. Like owners don't want to deal with these crazy demanding coaches anymore. It's kind of, it's pivoted. There's a perception, fair or not. I I would hire him tomorrow if I were running an NFL team. So I don't believe this, but there's a perception that the NFL games moved away from that, you know, style that he wouldn't be successful. So I, I do think he had plenty of opportunities to go. I believe the Breer report and that's not his theory. That's his report that there were Several NFL teams that wanted. I think there were, and I think that I, I I think that at that time, you know, when he came back to Michigan, he was obviously all in on Michigan. Yes, and I think that the college game, especially now with the portal and NIL and twenty four seven, everything is always up in the everything. You there's no. I mean, it's just it is a flying by. It is it's a different, different world game. than when he showed up, isn't and it? It's why you're seeing so many of these coaches. Just leave. I mean, the old guard is in a lot, especially basketball, but the old guard is getting out of the game. It's exhausting. And so I don't, I think at some point he realized that the NFL is pretty good gig and I want to go win my Super Bowl. That's fine. But this whole doing this dance every year when you said it wasn't going to happen ever again, you know. What would you have done if if you were running, if you were Santa and Ward morphed into one? You're all powerful at Michigan administratively. Do you just say, 
I'm calling your bluff, like see you in the fall, like yeah. on your existing deal. Yeah, you're under contract. So if you want to leave, then all right, sign, send us a check for two and a half million dollars and good luck to you. I mean, you're under contract. We just gave you that contract last year. You're very well paid. People are like, oh, he needs to be the highest paid in the Big Ten. He made over $10 million this year. He was one of the highest paid coaches in the Big Ten this year. They gave him the contract. Yeah. I mean, at some point, it's principal. We just did this last offseason. It's not like you're halfway through the six-year contract and you want to renegotiate. No, we just did this. I can't believe there's been two, and you alluded to it, two separate statements about two weeks apart, announcing that he's happy to be here and he's coming back. But, but he didn't say that. But he didn't. No. But uh, it's like and it's so one, one was weird. It was, two? It's so weird, too. Like Before the playoff game, like I was on the teleconference with him before the playoff game, and he was asked about the rumors were just starting to heat up. And, uh, and he said, oh, well, you know, people are just going to be, dis you know, our opponents are just going to have to be disappointed to know that I'll be back coaching in 2023 with un enthusiasm unknown to mankind or whatever it was. And then like two, three sentences later, He's like, well, a man never knows the future. So he's complete in the span of a minute, like he's left the door open. Okay. And so to me, if you're continuing to leave that door open, then at some point that's where you want to be. Well, that's that's pretty clear. And that's fine. He, he's a crazy person. It's impossible to predict that guy. He, I mean, you just said it like one minute, this one minute, the whole no one can predict the future thing. I mean, the most nonsensical remark ever. Mm -hmm. But I just, I, I still can't believe that we have released two statements from him, or effectively statements, and neither of which is really, I mean, he hasn't signed anything yet. Like, no, he hasn't I mean, signed anything yet. One is weird, two is truly bizarre. By the way, don't rule out a third non-binding statement saying he's coming back. I mean, this, this is still going on right now. How is, how is this deal not signed yet? Well, again, why why do that tweet at all if you're Santa? Yeah, I I don't understand. I feel like you do that tweet and then you're signing that deal like like now, like, like right away. Oh yeah, like, like you're I mean, in you know the I mean? room. Like, from what I've right. heard and read, they're nowhere close to a new deal being announced. Really? What's that about? We'll finish there. No, I mean there, there's from what because uh, I everything's been the, again, oh they're at the finish line and all that. And shit. again, you have to factor in that they're under investigation in multiple areas. I mean, you know. They already knew that, though. You know, they did. But, uh, yeah. you know, at some point, you know, if the NCAA come, comes back to you and, you know, there's all these reports now where the NCAA and Michigan are at odds, you know, the NCAA wants him to admit he lied. Harbaugh won't admit he lied. At some point, I would think the, the NCAA would probably know for sure that he lied. Otherwise, the NCAA probably wouldn't be making a big deal out of this. If it, but if that comes to pass and he loses that, he's going to be suspended. And then what? You've just signed a coach who's going to get, you've just signed an extension to a coach who's suspended half the season. They don't care about that. No, Their they schedule is terrible. terrible. Yeah, yeah, you know, Ward yeah. Manuel, I bet, cares about that. Mm -hmm. But again, what's I going mean, on? does he though? I think it, he does. does. Does that reek of an institution that cares about optics? Have you been following the no, news? It's, no, it's been, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm the news. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm well aware of what's going on at you. But Fair. Thanks. Fair. I, mean, I know that everyone uh, from your school and the school that I attended oh, yeah. wants to Come wants to on. call it a blue wall media and blah blah blah. Like we oh, don't write about any of this crap that's gone on when we do. That's not even what I'm saying. I, I have chips. Well, yeah, you, you, the chip a But you know, I went to Central before I transferred, so I have plenty of love for Mount Pleasant. But, but I mean, I was a Troutman guy, fifth floor. Yes, so, listen, listen to me, sir. I'm not getting into the blue wall thing. I'm just saying, you're saying, no, you know, the optics and maybe Ward doesn't want that. Ward's the guy that was loaning out his car to a but player. But where is Ward, though? That, that, but the reason I say that is where is Ward? Ward's not out talking about this. 
Mort's never out and about. That's, I mean, that's one of Lenny's greatest points. You can't find the guy ever. Like, where is this guy? And he, he, he showed up to bomb Michigan State in the wake of the tunnel incident. Nobody knows where that guy is. Like, to me, this is such disjointed leadership. I don't care what your announcement is. Wait until you have something to announce, then announce it. Is that too much to ask? And can I get a unified front here? This is not a Michigan State thing. I'm not a Michigan fan. I, just principle, take the school out of it. If we were talking about any institution, any business, and I'm just looking at the way they're operating in their communications, like, can I get a unified front here? How does the president, who shouldn't even be announcing this anyway, it's more of the AD thing, or at least in, a, in joint you know, conjunction with the AD, how is the president making this announcement? And why is he making an announcement anyway when there's nothing to announce? Because the president is a different cat than what U of M is probably used to in their past presidents. He's kind of become a social media star uh, among diehard U of M fans. It, this is a different president yeah. that they have. I mean, and so I think, honestly, he was just, I, I think he wanted, he talked to Harbaugh and he's like, oh, this would be a great tweet. I think, I think that's terrible. That. That that so, that's a, such a terrible but, look for the, for yes. the university. I mean, that's, that's a bad look for the university, in my opinion. That, that makes you happened. look childish. That yeah. makes you look foolish. I don't think it's, I, it's not a good look. 100%. And I'm on the outside looking in on all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't really follow super closely, but if you're going to be out there, I mean, it's almost like it's, you're just kind of tweeting for fun, right? Like, what, like, what, what are we doing here? I'm just saying, he tweets all. What lot. are we doing? I'm fine tweeting. I'm fine taking the bow. Take the bow after the song's over. Right. I, what are you doing? The guy's taking a bow in the middle of the second verse of the song. I mean, they have to go all musical way, Miz on your ass, but I'm sorry, like, to me, again, and again, you have to put it in the context of this is the second statement announcing nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. He had the December 6th, whatever it was, before the playoff but I game. I love how all of, when that tweet came out from the president, and then the Harbaugh tweet, and then the whole, all you of them fans are like, oh, see, he told you he was coming back. And I'm just like, he hasn't said that he at signed, all. He hasn't signed anything. <laughs> he oh. had, he hasn't said that. He has not said, I can't wait to coach Michigan in 2023. I'm definitely back. He's, he, like, he's like, I love Michigan. Yeah, we know. We know you love and Michigan. And that's not really hard to do if you really want to be there. Exactly. 100%. I think, you know, there's still NFL jobs out there. I'm telling you. Well, I honestly believe if he gets offered an NFL job, he is gone. Oh, no, that's a fact. That, uh, I mean, that, so that's why he hasn't made a, a definitive statement. Uh, I, I, but again... Why the dog and pony show? Just don't release a statement at all. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like I agree, it's not ideal, but don't do it. I mean, I'm not saying radio silence well, is great. Know, it's a know, bad situation. You, know you do it. You do it for recruiting purposes. I mean, that's why you do it. it I don't. Is, I don't like the look. I don't like the look it gives you, though. It doesn't give you that, you know, clean Michigan look, right? The, the look that you want, and that well, kind nothing, of. Nothing but, that, but, but that's seven, my point, though. But that's my point, that Michigan though. Has given you the, right, the clean Michigan. Look. Even even before then, I mean, yeah. let's go back a couple of years. Like, but keep that, going, you know, right? That's like, why it's, they put those statements out, though. It's, it's recruiting. Yeah, that's but I don't think Santa was thinking that far ahead. I think you were right the first time. I think Santa was like, all right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Santa's no, like, gotta get those retweets. No, the Harbaugh statement, I think, is all about recruiting. It's let's put something out there to make people. Realize I'm still here, and you know that the Santa stuff. I don't understand. Is anybody that. falling for that though? I mean, are recruits falling for that? You know what? It's I, better than you know what? It's it's probably in his eyes better than radio silence. So. I, I guess it, it's optically a disaster. I agree. It's looked it's looked bad. I, I mean, it's so embarrassing, and it's I, I hate that like you can't talk about this stuff because the fact of the matter is 
They won't do it in-house because Michigan fans are extremely to a fault loyal. I mean, I think even worse than Michigan State fans are. Not saying we're perfect. And if you say anything outside of the bubble, it's like, oh, it's just because you hate Michigan. It's like, I've said plenty of nice things about Michigan, specifically with the coordinator issue with this investigation. I said on my a version of my show, I will defend Michigan to the high hills if it comes out and they do nothing about it. And I mean, I've, I'm someone that has employed hundreds of people before. If some person in my company goes rogue, no manager knew about it. I didn't know about it. Yeah, I got to do the right thing and fire him. But I don't think I should be hauled in front of a judge. I mean, unless there was some specific negligence on my part, I'll defend Michigan. This is indefensible. This whole this communications issue. I mean, get into all the other issues. I don't. From a third party standpoint, yeah. like nothing that you guys are saying is outlandish at all. And I like just again, so you know, I, like, it's, it's there's not. the measure. I mean, it just not. comes down to I just don't know why Michigan is playing ball like this with him. Like they don't owe him a new contract. He doesn't have another job offer. What the hell are you doing? You you he's very well compensated. He just signed a new deal. He doesn't have another place to go. What are you doing? Like, 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 is Michigan afraid to lose what, him in the future or something like that? Because he's going to run anyway. He's going to leave. There, he's right? clearly going to leave so, at the first NFL opportunity that actually offers him the job. And again, don't blame him. The NFL job is a better job to me than a college football head coaching job. So fine, if that's what you want to do. But I just don't understand why Michigan is, is playing ball against themselves. Doesn't that become less likely with every passing year, though, that that offer exists? Because we agree it's not out there now because he'd already be gone. Every year right. he's more removed. He's older. Everyone's going younger typically. What happens if that never comes and you're on this every single year? I, I, where does well, it well, stop? It doesn't stop. And, and what, it's not going to stop even if you give him the contract now. Even Literally. with the buyout, because yeah, I have Michigan friends that are like, the buyout oh. means nothing because the, 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 the new team just pays it. Yeah. So that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I think the, the, the Waltons will pay a $15 yeah, million dollar buyout if they have to. Exactly. But nothing's going to change even if you give them the contract now. It's you not, think like, it's you not think... like, let's give them this contract now and this will never be an issue again when that's not true because it was the same situation last year. I mean, the reality is he's waiting for that one offer. And, uh, so you think there's a chance, though, that that offer never comes? I, like, I don't yeah. think it's come yet. It's not maybe, there maybe now. Michigan's just trying to play nice. So then when that offer doesn't come and maybe he realizes that he's not pivoting elsewhere. Like, I don't know where else he would pivot, but like, I, I don't know college team. I don't I, think so. Yeah. But again, like I, I have no idea, but like maybe you're trying to play nice now so you can benefit off that if there isn't an offer. I mean, again, like if they, in Harbaugh's eyes, I feel like if Michigan screws him over now, that's what he would, you know, if he feels like they, if he feels like he's been screwed over now, Maybe he's not repaying that favor down the road. I don't, I don't know. know why he feel. I, I just don't understand why he, he. All right, look, he was bitter because he had to take the, the pay cut, right? He took the big, massive pay cut because of COVID and he sucked. The team sucked. So he took, he basically, Warden went to him and said, look, we can't pay you that. And this is, you're just going to have to deal with it. And guess what? As soon as he bounced back, they gave him a fat new contract. They replaced it. He's, I, he's probably still bitter about that. I'm sure he is. He is. Uh, I, I'm sure he is. It's embarrassing, you know, to have your pay cut in half. He deserved it. Though. You know, but, you know, that's the reality. But when things bounce back in short order, your contract bounce back in short order, you're making very good money. I just, uh, to me, with Michigan, it, it, you know, no. Like, I'm saying no. There's no new contract. Why is there a new contract? You just, you have a contract. I don't understand it. If Schlissel is there, I don't think they're doing this dog and pony show. And I know, and I know he had other issues. I'm not commenting on that aspect or, oh, they should have kept him. But if they had Schlissel or someone of that mindset who wasn't bowing down at the altar of football, 
I don't even think we're in the situation. I, I think he'd be more aligned with Ward of like, hey, you're under contract, come back. Or if you get an offer, see you later. We're, yeah. not, we're not doing this. So anyway, I appreciate you guys. We, we ran long. You guys had high stamina. You guys ran Same. high on the stamina. So I appreciate you guys. Tony. He was born in 1998. I, I know. It hasn't sunk in. I Tony. graduated from high school in 1997. Uh, yeah, I mean, his hair got a little bit longer and more beautiful as the hours passed tonight. Uh, ours got a little bit more receding, man. But uh, appreciate you guys both. Honestly, I would love to have one, both of you back at some point, maybe midseason if I'm not already dead. From the uh, the horror show that I think they're putting on the field this year, I think it's going to be a well, catastrophe. It's, it's not pretty. It's yeah, buckle up for that. Yeah. But I appreciate you guys staying way past your bedtime. On short notice, I messaged you guys like last night. We got this together. This is how much pull you have. Here we are. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that. We got to do it again. Tony, Chris has got to do two in a row just to tie you. So yeah. appreciate you. Evan, second appearance. How long do I got? Yeah, how many do I got to do? You're at least four up. behind. I mean, it's your six or seven. Now we well, can look it up. But... For like two years. Whoa. Yeah, I'm not allowed to talk about the circumstances behind that ghosting, but let's just say I was appalled. <laughs> ben, the great and powerful odds on the other side of the wall. Appreciate you, man. Run along, staying late. We got another one tomorrow, too. So I, I got to prep an entire show for tomorrow it's now. Tomorrow. A couple Michigan State dignitaries, sir. Strayhorn, Jason Strayhorn, and Otis Wiley. Okay. And it was going to be Jehu Kulkirk, too, but he couldn't get out of a previous engagement. But I, I was dying to have Kulkirk to talk about the Valeni rant in the Notre Dame game in 06, and now they only gave Javon Ringer the ball when Kulkirk couldn't be stopped, but whatever. Jehu's so, my fellow Ferndale Elks member. Oh, there you go. We're Elks members together. Apparently, he's coming in at some point. I love that guy who's he's one of my favorite player, players yeah. back then. He was a beast back he then. Was. Yeah, I he loved was. him. He was. So I'm looking forward to that. I got a Michigan State, by the way. Yeah. I wrote a story about a former Michigan State player, Herb Haygood. Oh. Uh, it's in it's at DetroitNews.com. Just wanted to have a little plug. What he's doing now. He's the head football coach at Division Three Madonna. So check it out. And we will always support Herb Vega, especially since he had the Michigan broadcast team in shambles in 2001 during the clock game. So appreciate you guys. We'll revisit this. I I don't think I I think I'm going to be right uh, about everything as we go along here. I think this is a disaster. Yeah, I, I don't think that's possible because it can't get any worse. Right. It can't get any worse. What what if we did the same show four years ago? Here we are. How I know, but that's again, that's an indictment on Chris Illich. Okay. Yes. Thank you. But that has no relevance now on Scott Harris. None. No one said it did. No. How many times have I absolved Scott Harris? But that's why in two hours. That's why things have happened and unfolded slowly the way they have. That's all. Gotta go. Should have signed Correa. Should have signed Correa. Thanks, Spiro Avenue. We'll see you next time. Bye.